Welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. Glad to have you all here tonight. Looking in the chat room, I'm seeing little Gary. Haven't heard from you in a while. It's good to see you in there. Hello, Levi. Hello, Noreen. The rest of you, yes, I know you are having a hard time getting into the chat room, so if you are trying to get in, just keep poking with a stick. Keep, refresh, keep refreshing that uh, browser page, and it will let you in eventually. It's a bit temperamental. All right, if you would like to call in tonight, the number is 646 595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you'd like to call in and read. We're going to go through a few things before we get to our callers. The first thing I would like to do is to... Okay, so I have to stop for a second. <laughs> I'm really trying to pull this off, but I'm not a, I'm not doing it real well. So I was th- I've been thinking about Charles C.B. Banks a lot lately. Right, and so I'm walking in here, and I'm, I have my. The show comes on during uh, dinner time for me, and so I always try. To, I get hungry, and so I always try to bring quiet food in here. And this has gotten to be kind of a thing, and I'll get a bunch of messages. CB would, Charles would always, always email me before the show and ask me what my quiet food was, because then I tried it while I'm listening to poetry and munching on grapes or something, you know. <laughs> And so I was just thinking about that, and then I'm waiting for the show to get started, and my, I'm thinking about him asking me and how I've got a, a pink lemonade donut as my quiet food for the night. <laughs> and, and so I'm, I take a bite of it before the show, kind of smiling and thinking about that, but it sticks to my retainer. The glaze on it does. And so I'm trying to talk, but my face isn't working. <laughs> Yeah, so that was fun. It just it made me laugh. It made me smile. It made me think about Charles. And I know how much we all love and miss him. So there's my silly little story for the beginning of the show. All right, so anyway, if you're interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, give me a mess shoot me a message probably on Facebook would be the easiest. You can find me under Nyla N Y L A, last name Alicia. A-L-I-S-I-A, if you would like to uh, shoot me a message, let me know what you want to put together. They can be anywhere between 30 minutes and 3 hours long. You can pre-record them on your computer and send me the MP3 file. We can pre-record them on a conference call where I can help you out with that. Or you can do them live, whatever you want, or a combination of the both. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider to do these. Just pick something that you're interested in and let's set it up and have some fun way for us to spend a little bit more intimate time with each other than we're normally afforded to here. All right. The next thing I would like to do is I want to thank our sponsors. It's really important to take a moment and really let those people know how much we appreciate the fact that they dipped into their pockets this last year, this very, very last hard year we all went through, and helped to cover um, part of our 2021 broadcasting license. So I want to make sure that our, spon- our sponsors get recognized because they're very important to us. The sponsors are Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, 
George Wiley, Bart Solarchek, Brad Kuhn, Uma Pochapalli, Chris Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Sheldman, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, we haven't heard from her in a while, we miss her, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Timothy Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Teal, Robert Mickey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, Dennis Must, Barbara Cope Wilson, and donations made in the memory of Cherry Rose, Philip Kent Church, Ray Neighbors, Charles C.B. Banks, Glenn Steele, Rick Smith II, and King's Cadence. All right. Thank you, guys. On behalf of the entire community and from my heart, thank you for helping us with last year's broadcasting license so we can still be here. In October, you guys, is going to be the beginning of our 15th year together. Can you believe that? That's crazy. 15 years. All right. So now have your pencils and your papers ready because we are going to do our inspiration from the inkwell mini workshop portion of the show. So have your pens, notebooks, spirals, whatever it is you're writing in your journal. And we are going to run through these. We are doing um, a smaller schedule on our inspiration from the inkwell than we normally do in the winter months because I want you guys out there living life and and you know, getting all those experiences in, so you have something to write about uh, instead of you know brooding over your desk on the homework I give you. All right. So over the summer months, we're only doing our poetry prompts and one writing exercise, and I've kind of combined those into one so that they kind of feed each other, making it even simpler and more fun for you to do. Okay, so this is, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you your writing prompts. Now, prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. With that said, they can be the title of the poem, it can be a line of your poem, or it can be the general concept of your poem. But in one way or another, it has to result in a poem. Beyond these guidelines, whatever you do with them is up to you. All right, so number your page, 1 through 12. And those of you who might not have noticed or who may not be on my Facebook page, I have a album, photo album on my page where I am putting all these prompts uh, in a, a prompt album, picture album, so you can go over there. And I was looking at it today, and so far I've got 20, what was it, 26 weeks worth of prompts posted for you guys. And I'm looking at those, and it's like, gosh, that's a lot of prompts. So I was figuring out, what, 26 times 12 is like 300 and, what, 13? You know, so that's like 313 prompts sitting over there waiting for you to write to them. You know, I'm sure that if you were to look through those out of 312, you're going to find something that's going to grab you. So that's kind of a fun resource you have, in case you didn't know. Those are up there for you. So this will be added eventually, our 12 prompts from tonight. So let's, got your pages numbered? Awesome, okay. So number one, your first prompt of the night is picking the locks on stars. Picking the locks on stars. Number two, when hawks are the only witness. When hawks are the only witness. Three, Don't ask too much. Don't ask too much. 
four, the darker inside darkness, the darker inside darkness. I love this one, five. When your words come to reclaim you, when your words come to reclaim you. Six, forgotten contents of childhood pockets. Forgotten contents of childhood pockets. Number seven, all the things I've made you believe about me are true. All the things I've made you believe about me are true. Number eight, tennis shoes on a telephone wire. Tennis shoes on a telephone wire. Number nine, missing something never known. Missing something never known. Number ten, the exit wound healed up nicely. The exit wound healed up nicely. Number eleven, I can't be that kind of romantic anymore. I can't be that kind of romantic anymore. And number 12, in my child eyes, it was a a strange place. In my child eyes, it was a strange place. All right, so there are your 12 poetry prompts for this week. You can write one poem to each prompt if you wanted to. You can mix and match them and use line 6, 10, jump down and grab 12 and go back up and get 2 and use all of those in a poem and write a poem using mixing and matching, matching, matching them. Or you can get really good and write one poem using all 12 lines in one poem. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> Okay, so now let's work on your writing exercise portion of this. We are combining, as I said, your poetry prompts and mixing them with your writing exercise, which is our pick apart a prompt exercise. And what we are doing with this is highlighting that what we do with the prompt before we write to it is far more important than what we write. All right, so think about it. Our brain is a muscle. We have muscle memory. Anytime we are fed any kind of inspiration, we are going to knee-jerk reaction, grab that first bit of information, that first bit of inspiration that our brain feeds us, and we're going to grab a hold of it. If I say October, 90% of people are going to picture a pumpkin. And if they sat down and all followed that, how many poems about pumpkins would we have? How many poems about pumpkins do we have? All right. This teaches you to look beyond the pumpkins, okay, and beyond the the colored leaves, beyond pumpkin pies and turkeys. It's it's meant to push your brain beyond the typical, and find the ideas within something that may not be so commonplace, that will make your writing stand out, make it different, okay. So what we're going to do is using the 12 prompts that I just gave you, I want you to go from that list and I want you on a a clean journal page to write down at the top of the page, write down the first prompt. And then I want you to think about it for a little bit and I want you to really think about it, okay? Kind of turn it inside out and upside down and backwards. 
but I want you to make a list of at least six different poems you could write to that one prompt. Okay, instead of writing a poem to it, I want you to write down six different poems you could write to it. What are all the different takes you could go with? What are all the different voices you could give? And what things are it a shadow of? All right. So once that one's done, I want you to go to the next one, write down prompt number two, and write six different prompts you can write to that one. I want you to keep going until you've gotten all the way down to the bottom of the list and you have written at least six ideas for each of the 12 different prompts. I guarantee you, you will not make it through the end of this exercise without one of those ideas running away with you and you end up writing a poem about it. It's absolutely numerically, scientifically impossible for that to happen. Okay, so if you do this every week, you will find a poem inside it somewhere, and it's going to be a good one. All right. So once again, these are the 12 poetry prompts that you are going to be using in your Pick Apart a Prompt exercise for the week, and they are also your writing prompts. One, picking the locks on stars. Two, when hawks are the only witness. Three, don't ask too much. Four, the darker inside darkness. Five, when your words come to reclaim you. Six, forgotten contents of a child of childhood pockets. Number seven, all these all these things I've made you believe about me are true. Eight, tennis shoes on a telephone wire. Nine, missing something never known. Ten, the exit wound healed up nicely. Eleven. I can't be that kind of romantic anymore. Twelve, in my child eyes, it was a strange place. All right, so that's it. Have fun with those. Remember, we have been working on, focusing on reading, reading, reading. If you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. You have to have input in order to have output. And this is like a little mini extra credit reading for prompts exercise. Okay, so if you're for focusing on reading, 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 maybe this will kind of give you a, a, a push to go read something. And the extra credit is to write a poem to this prompt or just finish the sentence. But I think it's really cool. I'm going to pick a different poet each week to do this with. But your extra credit reading for prompts exercise is what Hemingway said about blank. What Hemingway said about blank. And you fill in that blank, which means you could better go read a couple Hemingways to uh, find out what you can fill that blank in with. And again, that can be the title of, a line in, or the concept of your poem. So reading for prompts. Use the line, what Hemingway said about colors, for example. All right. Then remember, we have been working on learning one new poetry form every month. That's an area that all of us can improve on. Learn one new poetry, poetry, like work on, if you've never written a, what, um, I like focusing on haikus because I just really like haikus, but a villanelle or, or, a, or a sonnet or something like those. Learn a new one every single month. Put those, those 
paint brushes in our tin so we can grab them and use them to make unique brush strokes because we have learned something new. I don't know where I'm going with this, so I am going to move on to our second one, which is we are working on writing a haiku every single day. Every day go out into your world and stop and find something worth 17 syllables. And even if you jot it down as you're jumping on to the bus or whatever it is, if it's only 15 syllables, I don't care. You can go back and add a couple more later. But the point is, is to go out every single day with the purpose and the focus and the, 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 the blinders on mission for something during your day that is worth 17 syllables. All right. Now, that's it. That's it for your writing exercises. We're done. Inspiration from the inkwell. If you got mixed up on any of this or didn't catch something I said or I got you all confused and turned around, not to worry. As soon as this show goes into archives, you will be able to come back and listen to it. And within the first 15 minutes, you will be able to uh, write down, jot down what you meant, where we missed and then you can do your homework. Same thing with any of our past shows. If you're sitting there some night you don't know what to write about, just go listen to the first 15 minutes of any of our shows, and we've got all kinds of writing assignments and journal assignments and prompts to send you off and running. All right, now, next, we are going to play an audio track. We always start and end every episode with a track played by, played by one of you, not it's played by me, but it's of one of you guys. <laughs> so if you're a recording artist and you would like to have your piece played on the air, you can email those to the the word does in there the the picture choirs uh, the the speakeasy cafe at gmail dot com and make sure you put audio track MP3 something like that in the subject line for me. We can get those uploaded to the show's library and play them for the world. Now. The piece that I'm going to start the show with tonight is by the ever-talented Mr. Eddie Oliver. He is a poet, a playwright, an actor, just an all-around renaissance man and an extreme talent. So make sure you check him. You can Google him, find him on YouTube, all that good stuff. But this is Mr. Eddie Oliver with Angel. Here you go.
more beautiful than my third I could remember before I knew it, y'all. I'm telling you, I found myself frozen. I was captured by her beauty like my snow was coming down in December. With an angelic type flow She had this soft listening smile We just solidified her beautiful artwork Saw like a Picasso, y'all She reminded me of a Picasso But in all lessons, yo Just the sheer beauty Just the sheer beauty of her face My eyes never wanted My eyes never Never ran astray Nah Let's leave today. 
That was Mr. Eddie Oliver with Angel. And again, you can Google him. A little bit of everywhere. I had to laugh. I'm sitting there. I look in the chat room while that's playing, and and uh, I see Robbie say hi to Jim. Uh, yeah, Jimmy. And um, and Robbie's telling him I'll I'll be here, but spending time on the patio with his beer. And I saw the word beer, and it's like yes, beer. And I don't even drink beer. I hate beer. I got drunk on drunk bad on Michelob beer. I, I drank almost a case. I mean, I, I was oh, I was like. 14, 13 or 14, and I've never touched beer since. I cannot stand it. But I see the word beer, and it's been so hot, and, you know, hot weather and frosty beer, those things. That's why I talk about that muscle memory, the first thing that your brain goes to, you know. So I, he says beer, and instantly I'm thinking about that cold, frosty cup and heat, and beer goes with summer, and that would have been the poem I wrote. Perfect example of that knee-jerk reaction your brain goes to. Huh, you didn't think there was going to be a point to that, did you? <laughs> All right. So, guys, it is time to get to our caller portion of the show. If you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. For those of you that are on hold, remember that we do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight, so listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure to introduce yourself. It's really important that you do that, and that way people know who's reading. They don't text me and ask me, and then I get, you know, chasing a text message and I don't hear something you say and then I don't know what to say to you because I wasn't and it was just too much and my brain breaks okay so make sure that you introduce yourself that and you always want to have a <laughs> probably quit it um, <laughs> see what I talk see look, look, I'm, gone, I'm gone I'm chasing it all right so that you want to introduce yourself as well because you always want to have your name attached to your work all right that's really really important right now you can read two poems and if the lines get too busy a little bit later on and it looks like we would need to go down to doing just one poem, I will let you know that. And if that happens on your turn, I'm very sorry. But right now you're good at two to go. When you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. I'm not looking at the chat, Robbie. Uh, make sure that you give out your URL. And that way people will know how to come find you and get to know you and your work better before you come back and read again next week. Remember, we do have a mature rating. So that means that romantic is okay, but not like adult porn poems, no bumping body parts, no tab A and a slot B. Other than that, you're good to go. I'm going to go ahead and give the heads up to area code 606 and 520. The two of you are not in the lineup. If either of you would like, are, are planning on coming on and talking on the air tonight, 606 and uh, 520, press 1 on your phone, and that will let me know that it's okay to unmute your mic. So 606 and 520, press 1 if you don't, 520 now. 520 if you want to come in the air, press 1. That will let me know that it's okay to meet you. If you're here just listening, glad you're here. If you change your mind at any time, you can press 1. 
and we can bring you on then. So let's go ahead and look at our first three callers. We have 731 followed by 7, excuse me, 5, yeah, 575, and then 832. All right, those are our first three callers for the night. All right, let me grab this over here. I'm shuffling that over there, and I have no clue why this was doing here. Why did I have a Shakespeare poem pulled up? I don't even remember. I think it had something to do with a haiku. We'll save that for next week. All right, let's go ahead and grab... Script area code 731. 731, you're on the air. Thank Save me Molly. from myself, please. <laughs> this is Michael Collins from West Tennessee. I was so proud of myself. I was on the other side of this warehouse, the coffee pot, barely got it made, ran across the warehouse, got sat down. Right when you said 731, it just occurred to me, I have a scalding hot cup of coffee staring at me. There's not a darn thing I can do with it. I feel Uh-oh. like a dog that has chased a car and caught it. What do I do but burn my nose on the tailpipe? <laughs> That's funny. Now I'm picturing, for some reason, I'm picturing you as Tom Cruise in Risky Business sliding across the warehouse in your underwear and socks holding a hot cup of coffee. That's the image I have in my brain right now. Now that, that's a movie that glorifies hookers. Why would you, why would you think of me in terms of that movie? I I don't know. Maybe I want to call you daddy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> don't ask me questions you don't want to hear the answers to. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I can see the chat room. There's like three people going, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's my daddy? <laughs> wow. Hi, Michael. What's happening? <laughs> Not a whole lot. What's got going on tonight? Hey, I looking through some stuff from years gone by. And about three years ago, my buddy, Christian Chopek, she lives on the eastern seaboard, and I think she was having a rough winter. And uh, I decided she needed to leave and go to Florida where it's, you know, sunshiny and nice. And the people are a lot friendlier and, you know, stuff. So so I wrote Krisha. Extra, I can't even say it. Krisha, existentialism riff, number six. Someday, you will pack all your belongings and move to Florida and find a place where your declarations end with either or. Someday, your trek lands you on a far, familiar, distant shore where you'll no longer accept less but self more. Seven will forego elevens, circle them down as archived lore, and all things seasonal will unwillingly merit deserved ignore. You've had your foundation shaken down to a veritable core. Close the shutter, shut the drawer, quietly exit the back door. In poem. I love that. I actually read that. I don't remember where I was at when I read that, but I read that. Sweet. I'm sure I have. She liked it. 
Of course she did. You know what? I want to tell you thank you, too, by the way, for bringing her to us. She's been calling in all on her all on her lonesome and sharing with us every now and then, and I absolutely, absolutely adore her. Thank you for bringing her to us. Well, she's a great writer. She's a tremendous public speaker, and she's a good friend. If you ever saw her when she's speaking, you want to talk about a perpetual motion machine. She rocks back and forth like a 1943 clothes washing machine. I mean, she's just <laughs> she's just a perpetual motion person. You've seen people like that. They were. They I get in trouble for that all the time. I'm always tapping my toe, rocking back and forth, fidgeting with my pen, twirling in my fingers. I'm I yeah. I'm I'm a fidgeter. My teachers used to call me a fidgeter. Every single report card. Would get a lot more done if she wasn't always fidgeting. <laughs> she wasn't being a social butterfly and running around the room or fidgeting or staring out a window. Those were the ones I used to get all the time. Anybody so, yeah. that writes the stuff we do has got a metronome in their head, whether they know it or not. Oh, Same. I so love that. Thank you. Welcome. That's exactly what that is. You know, I always get I always get worried sometimes because you, you know, labels are so relevant in in our culture now. Everybody, if you're, you know, if it's almost like if you're not, you know, it used to be like Louis Vuitton, right? Labels. Now it's if you don't have a mental health label, you're just not chic. I, it just drives me absolutely freaking crazy. Um, but Christopher works in mental health, and so I've been reading some stuff so I can understand the crap he talks about all the time, and. <laughs> And there's so many of them where they talk about, you know, someone with this disorder rocks back and forth. They are, they, and I'm always thinking, oh, my God, maybe I'm that one, or maybe I'm that one. But I'm not. It's, but I have an, in, I have an internal pendulum. I'm, I'm metrodome. I'm just, thank you. I needed that. I'm normal. Metronome. Yeah, that. <laughs> not, not, a pen, not a pendulum. Pendulum is back. Pendulum's a clock. <laughs> but maybe it's because I think of the mice running up and down. I don't know. I don't know. You know, we in the music business, uh, we, we, we're we big on metronomes. We're big on timing. Um, I play bluegrass music, little country. And uh, when we're playing, we're either singing or we're playing background, rhythm, chucking, whatever. And occasionally someone will step out front and play a solo, and we call that a break in bluegrass music. So somebody plays a little solo, they take a break. And uh, I wrote a poem. I wrote a poem a few years back called Taking a Break by Michael Todd. Step to the mic on the road at the largest venue we have performed. As often as I've sung this song, you take no calls for alarm. Reality never seems to set in as I navigate the first verse, knowing full well when I step away, the feeling only gets worse. This song is about a first love, the one I let slip out the door. Each time I sing it, it takes me back, seems to hurt a little more. Second stanza, once cloudy when written, more focused now I find. Once the chorus slides in, harmony helps to ease my weary mind. When the band members step up to the spotlight, each one takes a turn. I'm standing in the shadows, dealing with lessons I've learned. Each looks at me as they perform, hoping the singer will approve. I nod my head, give them a grin, trying to get back into the groove. The guitar's been with me for years. He knows what's going on. The fiddle players heard all the stories coming, going, gone. 
the basic drum pair, take paints and get it right in their own little world. The steel guitar man we hired for this tour never even heard of the girl. I guess I shouldn't complain or cry in my beer. Success is now at hand. My song is on the radio and I'm on the road with this really fine band. Studio producers and the A&R men swear to heaven he's got what it takes. They see my melting down as having soul when the band is taking their break. I may write a hundred songs as I move along with what they call a career, but I'll never have another as long as I live with a meaning that's so clear. When I'm in a crowd, I make it okay. When I'm alone, I'm consumed with fear. She who left me, her heart surely won't mind if you sit down and lend me an ear. One day I'll get to a place where reality skewed and I'll fail to see what the true intent was when I wrote this song, what it went to me. And if I practice real hard at bending a string, who knows what I'll do. I may break into an encore, forgetting who it was that made me blue. End point. I love that, Michael. Absolutely loved it. Is that one posted over on All Poetry? That one is on my, my, uh, not my, it's on my, what the hell is my blog? Wait a minute. I'll get it soon. Uh, Blogger. Blogspot? Yeah, blogspot. (laughs) MikeTodd.blogspot.com. M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D. Good heavens, I forgot my only home I've got left. That's bad. That's all right, baby. I got your back. <laughs> all I got left in this world. Yeah, that's on there. Awesome. I want to. I want to go back and read that. I really, really enjoyed hearing it. That was one, of, right, the, that's one of the early ones. Mhm. That's really, really obscure. The first, the first couple of years there. I don't know. I've been there a long time. Seven or eight years. I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Not as long as I've been here. Of all the places I've written, I feel more at home here with you than I do anywhere else on the Internet. Go figure. <laughs> it's good for family. Hey, it's been a great night for me, except for the fact that I've burned my tongue on that coffee because I just couldn't wait. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> no, okay. Go suck on it an may- ice cube. You'll be just fine. It may have made me read a little faster than I normally would. <laughs> You you couldn't tell you were injured in the, the line of of poetical battery or whatever. Oh, that's loud. Hey, you know what time it is? Oh shush! It's I'm time just, for I'm us to enjoy through. the fact that you are an amazing poet, and we will listen to other poets now. Take time for me to step aside, make room for the real poets, of which there are many, and they are waiting patiently, and I need to push and let them have the stage. Love y'all. Bye. Thank you, Michael. Bye, honey. All right. Our next caller. We are having line issues, folks. Our next caller comes from area code 575. We have 575. Then we had 240. Um, We just lost a whole bunch of lines. I don't know where you all went. I've got you written down, so if you call back in, you won't lose your place. But we drop down. Anytime we drop down, we normally have 200 lines coming into the show. And anytime we drop down to five, I know the lines are down because there's five dedicated lines coming in. Right now we've got five lines on. So if you guys are trying to call in and you're getting a fast, busy signal, 
don't worry. Keep trying. Keep poking it with a stick. It'll let you on eventually. Let's go ahead and talk to 575, who's been sitting here patiently while I ramble. <laughs> Hi, That's Levi. That's okay, Nyla. You ramble on. <laughs> this is Levi from Tucumcari, New Mexico. It absolutely is. It is. I always get so happy when I see you in the... Um, See you in the chat room. You know, it's really funny. From the first time you started coming, read. Came, it was the first time you started to come and read and share on the show. I went over and I checked out your profile, and I absolutely fell in love with you as a person. I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at your page, and I'm thinking, you know, this is somebody that if they were here, that I would hang out with. This is somebody I would know. I collect Aww. very strange. People. No, wait a minute. I'm not done yet. I collect very oh, okay. strange people. Okay. Oh. If if my friends and I were to walk down the middle of the street, it would look like the carnival spelt with a K was coming to town. But I collect amazingly <laughs> beautiful and exciting and interesting people, and you are definitely that. And I just think it's awesome. I just thought I'd share that with you. I think you're way, way oh, cool. Well, thank you. You're yeah, welcome. I'm 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 kind of eccentric a little bit, and I just I just am who I am, you know. <laughs> You're unique, and there's there's yeah. a there's a bit of crazy in that, you know. It's, mm-hmm. Who was it? Robin Williams that said you're only given so much insanity, in your or you're you're only given so much a percent of being insane or something like that. But in yeah. the end of the quote, it says, "Don't waste it." Mm-hmm. You know, and there's there is a definite breed of people, a tribe of people who who embrace that part of themselves that doesn't care, that just that, that sees the world as a play place and they enjoy yeah. it and they don't let it dis- they don't let it dictate to them. You know, they just oh, dance no. dance between yeah. raindrops <laughs> and, and enjoy it. So yeah. Yeah. I have a big family and um I must say so I I, I kinda get um upset not upset but like sad for some of my family members because I have a couple of family members that are like kind of scared of people. Not really scared of people, but they're like they're they're shy and nervous. And and actually, you know, I used to be a shy person, if you believe that or not. <laughs> I used to be really shy. I used to be so shy. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. That was in my teenage years. And um, but now I'm I'm I love everybody and I go everywhere and <laughs> just make friends with everybody. You know. So let me ask you something very seriously. Okay. I'll, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm, I'm going to message you my question. Okay. Okay. Because it's it's kind of on a personal personal part of your life side of a question, and I'm not comfortable saying that here. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna message it to you, and we'll figure out because it's yeah. Don't let me forget. Okay. What we were talking about, because I'll forget what we were talking about. Okay, that works. I'll <laughs> okay. I'll give you a message if you don't message me. <laughs> Good. It happens. Trust me. All right. So, what do you have for us tonight, love? I brought two poems. Um, one is older, and one is. Not so old, no. <laughs> but it's not brand new either. But I don't think I've ever read it on here. So the first one is entitled "Skin Tags," and it's a, m- a memoir of life. And it was published in an anthology based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, calling "Catching Calliope." 
It comes as a drunken father beating echoes in his daughter. It comes as a painted cancer on the canvas of your face. It comes as tiny fingers grasping hard in midst of strangers, and it comes to us unwillingly by grace. Yes, it comes like a stain you'll never, ever trace. Oh, it comes like rapid waters leaving scars from our forefathers, and it comes to us in time as time grows old, leaving bookmarks at our pages, giving hope to hearts in cages. It leaves footprints in the sand that's never told, leaving oceans in the desert forever cold. It comes like scalding reprimands, bleeding ink inside the hands of man. It comes as a ghost within the closets of your heart. It comes as lashing eyes await the crimson tide of lasting fate. It comes when the gates of hell have broke apart. It comes as the ending title for the start. And it comes so that your heart may know some heart in peace. That was phenomenal. And I love the wordplay, I love the sound play of the whole thing. It was awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I wrote that like, I don't know, 2012, 2013, I don't know, a long time ago. Very cool. What's the next one you brought us in? The next one is called An Orphanage for the Sacrilege, and is dedicated to a world of hatred that we are overcoming. God bless our diverse America. I want to pick apart the bones of yesteryear's skeleton. Research in between the meaty twine intertwined inside the spine of past conformity. Read every page in the ribcage of the plague that still haunts so many. Reach into the stomach that still aches and beats with the traits of malnutrition for ambition and find how admiration changed a nation into believing what had always been right, but that many refused to see what many refused to believe. You see, we are a voice, dedication to a nation of deliberation. Blacks, Hispanics, Pakistanis, we are a voice for the gays and the lesbians for the bisexuals and the transgenders, for all the offenders that cause fender benders of the mind. I want us to find dedication in a nation of the divine, not divided. Our great nation now holds no proclamation against our diversity. We are a university of one, one blood, one mind. We are mankind. Our actions hold up our spine. Our revelations make up our mind. Our perseverance is our belly. Our guts and our glory. Our grandchildren will tell stories to their grandchildren, but how we fought and clawed our ways from from the slavery that enchained our endeavors. Our sisters and our brothers fought for the measures that surpassed the times, the gun-riching crimes that placed us in chains, the policemen's nightsticks that knocked in our brains, but our rights will remain forever. We did that. We are the different that make a difference. We are the remembrance. So let it be known that the haters threw the first stones, 
and what they didn't know is that the bones of yesteryear's skeletons have healed and is the past wants to call us a sacrilegious act against their beliefs, well then let it be so. We are the epitome of freedom. And let me just tell you this right now. I count it a blessing and a privilege to be part of an orphanage for the sacrilege because we are home. And because we are home, there is no reason to leave. America is that home. And there is no going back. God bless our America. God bless our diversity. In peace. <laughs> yeah, I love that because it's exactly it's almost like you're talking, you know, God bless that diversity. That's that's my my carnival. My friends, you know, my my tribe, or my carnival and of these beautiful unique people. Yeah. <laughs> and I think about how amazing that is, you know, and then I look around the world and think, you know, I always tell people how we we fight because of our differences. Mhm. But imagine a world without them. Imagine walking into a grocery store and every single aisle is a white box with black letters and each box contained the exact same thing and you walked in and every day that's what your choices were and you walked out with a cart full of white boxes with black letters all the same size Mm. containing all the same thing. Diversity and difference is what makes us amazing. It's what makes us alive. It's what makes us human. Exactly. Yeah, stop. Stop and trying just, to assimilate and make us all the I same. I couldn't believe living, you know, back in the day, it, some people say, oh, it was better. And, you know, it wasn't. People hated people. You hated black people. You hated anybody that was a little bit different. You hated, you put scarlet letters on people you thought were whores. I mean, it's just, it was crazy. Or worse, worse is when they pretended it didn't exist. You know, right. like in my mom's era, you know, I can, I I have mommy issues. People, I'm sure most of you have figured that out by now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it was worse that, like back in the 50s, you know, 50s, when my mom was, you know, young and, and at the times it influenced her, you know, things, you you had to be perfect like the Joneses. You didn't talk about the things that were wrong. You didn't yeah. do anything, you know. And yeah. then later on you find out the secrets and find out the lies. You know, I would rather have someone stand up for their beliefs and persecute me to my face than to hide me like a lie. Exactly. Yeah. You know. I agree with you hundred percent. But yeah, I love I love the stand and that, you know, somebody had to get a bruise for you to be able to yeah. be where you are today. And I just yeah. I love that. I love that bravery. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, um, you can find me on the Internet, and I have a book that's published. Uh, you can find my book on the Poets and Writers page, um, Poets and Writers magazine. Yeah, I'm on their database. And then um, I just Google me. You'll find it's Miracle, M-E-R-I-C-L-E. I'm on Facebook under the Poetry and Writings of Levi J. Miracle. That's my professional page on Facebook. And, yeah, that's how you can find me. And, Nyla, I was going to tell you real quick. Um, I I think I tagged you. I finally um, shared my song. 
I know for everybody I'm to wait, hear. I was waiting for you to get done so I could ask you about that. You posted the full version of your demo. The whole version um, of my demo, yeah, so you can listen to it anytime you want. Awesome. I didn't get a chance to before the show when I saw the the notice, but yeah, I did. Okay, see it and so you I did get it. You did get exciting. the notice, so that's good. I did get the notice. Yeah, I saw it when I got online today, but I have okay. I didn't have a chance before the show to listen. But I was excited oh, I, I was going to totally ask understand. you about that so you could tell everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's. I'm mean, I'm excited about it, and I I have it entered in some contest right now, and hopefully it goes somewhere. You never know. I think it's amazing, and I think that I'm excited to hear the whole thing because I've only heard bits and pieces, and I think everybody should hear it, and I think it's going to be awesome. Cool. Yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> hope it will be. I hope everybody <laughs> likes it. So. I know they will. All right, baby. Great job tonight. Appreciate you so much, Levi. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having me, Nyla. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, and... Stay weird. <laughs> <laughs> you too, hon. <laughs> All right. Love you, dear. Bye. Love you too. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from 832. I'm trying to make sure because our lines are messed up, seeing if anyone got back on that was still in the lineup. 832, you're on the air. But why do I want to be? Why, why, why? <laughs> oh, who, don't who make me blue. <laughs> why? <laughs> you know, it, it still makes me laugh. You, you're the one who dials the numbers. You're the one who sits there on hold. But then when I bring you on, it's like, what the hell are you doing bringing me on for? I don't want to be here. <laughs> what? I don't want to be well, here. You know, like, Nyla, why are you bothering it's, it's, me? <laughs> exactly. Why are you bothering me? Who's touching me? Are you touching me? <laughs> Mommy, he's on my side of the car. I am not. You are too. Don't make me pull this thing over. <laughs> Don't make me come back there. <laughs> you have no idea how many you times we got that go going. Yes, we're on the way to the dentist. Okay. Please go home. <laughs> <laughs> Please come home. I know that's right. Uh, we have how many are you, Soldier Blue? Out that way. Oh, I'm cool. I'm all right. And, um... This uh, yeah, this this one is kind of um. Well, that's, I'm just gonna say, it, it is in a simpler part of it, as far as you know that it, it just it's this one went through an evolution of uh, where I started with it, and what I was thinking, and and where it ended up, and so it's it's kind of a, I don't know, I I like it. You know, it's called mountains. Okay. Get off my mountains. Get off my bones. Nothing you have is nothing you own. We were the birth of light. Blood relations, sweet grass, braided whips of incense for innocence. The scars of leathern strop through which we learn to pray. We... Colorless psalms. Get off my mountains. Get off my bones. Blood calls to blood. We are never alone. Red earth ancestral knowledge. Sacred hearts of stone. Tragoin. We gather nightly. We sing the songs of the stars as we know them. Stories of old. 
shards of a diorama cut into our hands, healing waters, healing the lands, willing sacrifices for our children, take a life. We are a living sacred map. We pull strength. We pool our energies within the shadows we cast. Get off my mountains. Get off the bones buried in a sacred place, the known and the unknown. Pajasapa. Boarding school, dead, residential drama, Canada has stopped recording, reporting the find. 5,296 and counting. Air, water, earth, no disconnect, fire, foam, smoke, pedze, schoze, botratrok. Flies on the wall, attempts at denial, don't fall, do not fall. You stand on our face, you stand on our heads. When we smell you, it is the scent of death. Smoke of artifice, smoke of breath, smoke songs of intention, incense. Schwarzen. Everything returns unto smoke eventually. We look in all directions, standing still longest to listen in the ancient south. Akratzi. Green beans. Trusesane. The black bloom calls from the lake, ripples, runes. Hieroglyphics, dreaming tongues of speech. Throw. 5,296 and counted. And counting. Touched by mist, almost a myth. So many youthful dead and nobody talking. Get off my mountains, get off my bones, buried so far away from a sacred place. Speech of the spirit lands. The young ones have gathered around one of their own, someone with as many scars as theirs, who will lead them back again. The dance shall begin with songs they can dance to, wreaths of snage, smoke and petroglyphics, the sacred main known bones collected, the dust of ourselves. We have always known shelter from the storm. Basi, we shall collect the hailstones reminiscent of our coming. We shall gather the feathers of the much maligned crows. We shall store our essence within the morning star, awaiting the advent of the ghost road born. 
Get off my mountain, blood and bones. Non que jongle and peace. You know, I think that out of all the pieces, and, and we're talking, I've known you for longer than this show's even been on the air. I think that piece really touched a chord deep inside of me, and it's, it's, I'm, I know that it's not even the meaning that, you know, someone's interpretation of what a poem means can be very different than what the poet intends it to be. Or I'm going to hear things in it that relate to input in my computer that someone else might not even look at it that way. But it really made me think about something that I'm really passionate about because I love collecting old letters and old diaries and reading old survey reports and things like that. And I'm talking old, old ones. Um, And I find so many things where people write things you know, we can write history the way we want it perceived, but you can't change a diary. You can't change the perspectives in a letter someone writes someone. That's not controlled by the people who write the history. That's the word of the common man, and I always say that's one of the reasons that what we write, the way we write, is so important, because if we don't write our truths, then we leave it to the people who have something to gain or profit or hide in the telling of our history. But I read so many of these documents, and they're talking about, you know, especially over at the coastlands, because, and guys, I bear with me, because I've got, got to tell them the story. It's important for me, and it's, and it's my show, so we're going to hear a story. Anyway, so, but this, <laughs> but especially, you know, the, I'm, I've been, just started learning about the Oregon, the Co- Oregon Coast Indians, uh, Native mm. Americans. I call them First Peoples. But reading about yeah. the different tribes that were here and stuff, and reading reports about how they got moved around and how they their lands were taken and how okay this is your you know this is your land but a bunch of settlers came in and thought oh this looks like a great place they built three cabins and because those settlers built three cabins instead of moving the three cabins they took the whole region away from the indigenous people and made them move somewhere else because those three people, you know, well, they're already there. So if they're already there, we might as well not, you know, make them move their homesteads because they've, mm-hmm. you know, they've been there. And and so they, they uproot, they just, it's just amazing to me, you know, ouch, the things that you learn, the things that you learn through these old reports and these old diaries and these old letters. And I read about, and I can't say it right, it's kind of like Schlitz, Schlitz, kind of like the beer, Schlitz. There's a bay here on the mm-hmm. Oregon coast. And I read in a diary one time about a burial grounds on the peninsula. And so then I went to Google it and find out some information. I couldn't find any information on it. So I figured it was just, you know, they were mistaken on the area. And then I read, years later, I read another place, another in another diary, um, where it talked about the same thing. And I just got a letter collection the other day that talks about this is my third reference to the peninsula being a burial ground from three different mm-hmm. sources and three different time periods. None of them are related to each other. And so if you get three occurrences of something being said, then you know there has to be truth to it. You know, And sure. these aren't somebody told me there was a burial ground there. It's that we were on the bay and we saw the burial grounds type of thing, type of references. Yeah. So. 
you know, now it's like, what do I do with this knowledge? That that whole peninsula is nothing but a great big housing community. You know, when did the knowledge that it was a burial grounds and sacred land get hidden under the land act of we want to build a, a com, you know, a community? You know, when when did we conveniently lose that information that this was sacred burial grounds? You know, so what do I do with that information? And And so your poem really made me think about you know, get off my bones, get this, this, the things, oh my God, the history. Oh, we were not a nice people. We were, we were not a nice people. And we were not, you know, I have to speak from both sides because I've got both bloods. You know, they, we were not a nice people and we were not, you know, we were treated so badly. I, I'm, I'm on both sides of the coin and, oh, I ache for part That's of my ancestry good. and I'm ashamed for the other. You know, hence, hence the uh, common reference uh, with uh, between those very love Native nations, neither wolf nor dog. Mhm. The tribe that got moved off of the where those things were, it was really sad because I'll, I'll send you the information. I'm not going to keep going on 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 here. This is a pleasure sure. show, but it's real. The information is just really crazy because when they moved them. Because they had not officially signed a treaty, they they ceased to exist. They didn't, and it took them just recently did they get the government to reinstate their tribe as a as a separate. I, you know, they they made them just absorb. They you know they they took the Nez Perce and told them that they were Paiute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so they fought fine. and fought for years, and just <laughs> recently did they get their did they get their name back as a recognized tribe. Yeah. It was really cool. Oh yeah, and they uh, they also uh, after uh, from what I read in the article that I saw come across my stream, they have they had a like a, a an over a hundred year uh, time frame from uh, ancestral land, and they now have moved. Uh, again, we're talking about the Nimipu, which is the actual name for the Nez Perce people. Um, they have gone back to ancestral lands. They have uh, they have a parcel of where they're on the coast. Used, You're talking you know, about the one on the coast. Uh huh. Yep. Here in Oregon. They just went back in there. Yeah. Um, you no, know why? That I couldn't tell you. Oh, the one, is it? The one okay. here, a great mm-hmm. big huge parcel of land was just given back to the native tribes here in Oregon, and yeah. it is because mm-hmm. they dammed up part of something to to yeah. do something somewhere, and it totally mm-hmm. messed up the ecosystem of this plot of land and it used to be a big swatch of land that would have been made beautiful but because of what they did uh damming something it's made the tide waters come in and now it's turned into a mucky mm. swamp and they're having yeah. the state was having to pay to maintain that land so instead of maintaining mm. that land they gave it back to the tribe so now it's the tribe's responsibility <laughs> the the swamp yeah. land and the and the cliffs that are falling yeah. into the sea and the things that are, it's responsible mm-hmm. for you know no, well, let's yeah. get back to them now that we've totally fucked it up yeah so yeah, now they're fighting like to get the dam taken out so that they actually get their ancestral mm-hmm. lands back it's like you can't yeah. come live in my house and burn it down and then say here's my house back it's not a house anymore you give me my you yeah. build my house back too and that's what they're doing they're they're petitioning the government yeah. to change that dam so that they get their actual land back. It's it's oh, a yeah. crazy amazing story. Okay, I'm done. We yeah. yeah. So they, they they had there was a similar situation back in 1998 with the Northern Utes where they quote 
where they basically, quote-unquote, gave back 83,000 83, acres of over 2 million that they took uh, for World War One for uh, 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 national uh, security reasons. And, and lo and behold, it's five miles from distance from the Colorado River, and it's covered in radioactive rock. Yeah. So, gee, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I know, you right? Uh, we, no, I you need to, we, You and I need to just get on a <laughs> phone call and just chat for a while. I miss talking to you. Sure. But no, people are going to kill us if we don't Anytime move along here. Okay. All right, well, I got one. And, and um, I, I will say this. I, uh, I wasn't totally thinking of it, but I kind of was, and that is that the reference to wolves is uh, they're very apropos for this this work. Um, orange, gray wolves dressed in the colors of a sunset. Miyukpe. They appear as if missed upon a ridge of a gray horizon timberline. Ghost trees, first forest, stronger. We still sing of the night. Still sing of thee in the night. Um, rage at twilight. Rage at twilight. The even stars, first gasp of evening. Wolves gather for the hunt. They, to the blood of their nature, bones beneath stones and glaciers. Yes, blue, almost blue. Eyes of the night stare star bright like Half of a yellowed sun, deep imprints of memory before steel knives and the gun, trying times are upon us. Mirage, swift executions. They must be swifter to escape. Dirty laws, gilded mandates, the ignorance of the great unwashed. Cool jaws grip tight the elements of life. There can be no mercy. There will be no second chance. Bakushta. Pills without grass, without shade. Bones of a wretched homeland. Shapes. Bones of the beginning moonlight. Gedake. Shadows resolve into form. Then with function. Hunger into hunter. Ground bones, a feast of need, sporadic distance, etroha, shonge, canines, the gnash of teeth, fury's gift to living, three strides to the tree bowls, the fiction of shelter, the crucifixion will be later, poison rictus, jack in the pulpit, the speech of strychnine, shall be heard. First forest gathers her own ghosting touch of roots and soft loam. The network, web work of dreams yet lives. So shall the wolves. It is survival after all. 
a draught of cold air, the quick intake of a drawn breath. No bullet can stifle the need for life. Bone messages, the howling beneath midnight's fire. Dagonska. Light burns incandescent white phosphorus to obliterate lives. Bega. Animal control. BS. The sophistry of species genocide. The arrogance of thinking of what makes an environment whole as if pastoral was natural. Peace and place. It's a lie. It's a man-made farce. Nighted quiet silence of step. First forest takes a breath. The wolves return. Sorry about my puppies barking. Oh, that's okay. They were they were more than welcome. Shonge in my people's language refers either to dogs or to wolves. And they're <laughs> obviously obviously related. So, so what are you doing just, right now, Soldier Blue? <laughs> what do you, seriously, huh? what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? I'm just sitting here. And okay. they're talking to you. Alright, so you're gonna host the show for me for a minute. Uh, okay. Okay, we are going to bring on our next caller, and you're going to say hello to them and welcome to the show and ask them what they're going to read, and you're going to listen to them read and then tell them what you think about their poem, okay? Okay. Because somebody just hit my car, and I'm going out to check on it real quick, and I will be right back. Oh, okay. <laughs> so are you, com- are you comfortable with that? Yeah, sure, I can do that. Okay, all right, let's go ahead. Soldier Blue is going to be hosting for me for a moment, and we are going to bring on area code 606. 606, you're on the air. Hello there. Well, how are you doing this there. evening? Well, I guess I'm doing all right. Uh, you're a hard act to follow. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty profound. Hey. My goodness. No. I do a lot of research, and then I just do, do you know, see what it comes comes up with. Well, it certainly shows. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And who am I speaking with this evening? Thank uh, you. You're speaking to Laura Bientera. Ah, how are you? From, I'm uh, hanging in there. Like um, We have a, a place out this way called Carter Caves, and they have huh? a rare bat. And uh, I like to say I'm hanging in there like a Carter Caves bat. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> They're survivors, too. I, <laughs> they try to protect them from what they call uh, white nose, white no, the white nose virus, I think. So, oh. Yeah. They have their problems, too, those poor little critters. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what did you well, bring to, have... to share with everyone? What, what's that? Oh, I was just saying, what did you uh, what do you have to, to share? And, um, well, I've got a couple that are kind of different from each other, but um, one is uh, 
Well, I'll just read it. It's about learning not. Learning not. Boy Scout manuals held intriguing secrets for a girl of eight. It was the lore of not. Useful things. The granny. Square. Half hitch. Lark's head. Kirk's head. Jealous of my father's ties. Jealous of your ties. The secret things kept from a sister too young to be important. How I longed for that binding, that unseen knot, the half hitch, useful for tying horses to a rail. A horse would think it was hitched, convinced. The unknotted rope held him from from escape. My wild horse bolted. No sailor's bowling, no cowboy's clove hitch, no knot to keep my course steady on rolling seas. Heavy knots, rough ropes wrapped my feet, entrapped and tangled. Now I sit with needles to knot bright yarns as if freed from a Gordian knot with one deft stroke. You broke the binding tie, slashed in an almost bloody release your sword, came down and freed me. I know not the doing and undoing of not. Hello. Hello. It's all quiet. <laughs> I just got back. So where are we at? What's going on? Well, I didn't know if she I didn't know if she'd ended. I didn't hear in, in peace. <laughs> so, so I was waiting patiently. <laughs> so when, when what he was doing, when you're done reading, we usually, and you're new to the show, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, usually when you're done reading, I'll that. have you say end piece because that way we know you're not doing a dramatic pause. And don't I can't tell you how many times I've got yelled at because I'll sit there and say, oh, that was so odd. I'm not done yet, Nyla. <laughs> 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 so that's why there was quiet. <laughs> I did not get to hear the piece, <laughs> but I will go back in the well, archives and listen to it yeah. after the show. Well, from my okay, perspective, it's... <laughs> what's that? No, I was just saying. I was just saying. Uh, from my perspective, I, 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 uh, I when you when you started talking about the uh, the Boy Scout manual and uh, and everything. I, I immediately uh, went to, to one of my memories because I, I went all the way through and became an Eagle Scout, and we had a you know, the, third, the trip I was actually with, you know, did a lot of was very active. We went I literally went camping once a month, no matter what the weather, and and even oh, to wow. this day I still I still uh, uh, practice all of my knots that I learned, the one-handed versions okay. and the two-handed versions of how to do them. Oh neat! So I thought that was really cool. <laughs> oh, that really is cool. Yeah, I was always um, I read all the Boy Scout manuals, and uh, you know, I was always felt very jealous of my brother who got to go to these Boy Scout meetings, and then then you know came brownies, and mm. I went to one Girl Scouts meeting, maybe two. It was they were so lame. <laughs> you and I would have gotten along very well. My favorite toy as a child was a hammer. <laughs> hey, you know. Oh my goodness! I grew up in my father's 
workshop, and I loved it. It, it was a wonderful place to be. Wonderful There's nothing place. worse than trying to teach a girl how to cook when she has dirt under her nails. That girl is never going to oh, be a good cook, goodness. you know? I say not. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it though. That was that was a good that was a good piece. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, this next one, um, I think you'll get. It, it's very my my poems are just very straightforward. I'll just get into it. Hair. I never had my hair in braids so tight and small they could hold together on their own in agreeable union. My lifeless hanks hung straight and hopeless, no ethnic beauties entwined with ribbons and flowers, a wrapped wreath, a Polish crown. I was in awe of cornrows, tiny and perfect, tidy fence borders, flawlessly spaced and beaded, meticulously arranged by Mama's loving, practiced hand. Every pomade or gel or paste or flat stout failed to keep my untamable tresses from slipping wild and free from each plate, large or small. Not even rubber bands could fight the resistance. I knew nothing of Mama. It hurt. All I knew was, why bother? My hair protests braids to be flung free. Yours protests with Eben Unity and poem. Cool. Beautiful. I like that. <laughs> Me too. Uh I unruly. Unruly. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I I loved I love my favorite singers growing up. My father was a musician part time. And uh my favorite musicians were uh, Miriam Makiba and uh, Josh White Sr. and Ella Fitzgerald and, and all of all of the rest of them. And I would wander around the streets of my hometown, which was about 24,000 people. And I would sing at the top of my voice. I had a very, very big voice at that time. And I would sing all of these songs. And one of my favorite songs to wander around the streets of this northern town with nary a person with a less, you know, well, with a, a better suntan than mine. There was never any black people up there. And, in fact, one time my sister and I had gone with our parents to the movies, and she was very, we were very small. And there were a couple of uh, two or three big, early black fellows walking down the street. It, this does not happen in my town at that time. And my sister sticks her head out the car and points across the street at them and yells to the, at the top of her voice, Look, Ma, Eskimos! <laughs> oh, bless her little heart. <laughs> we loved it. I think that was just the most wonderful thing that ever happened. <laughs> but I would, I would sing 
I would sing um, uh, Strange Fruit at the top of my voice, wandering through my almost 99% or more uh, white town. And I never gave it a thought at all as to... (laughs) It's a very strange thing being born colorblind in a world that sees color. It is very strange. I'm in a congregation that that is, uh, you know, I have many black friends. And it's it's kind of funny because I I just, I don't even think about it. (laughs) It doesn't exist. Black and white doesn't exist for me. It's just people. And I I like the diversity in the world. I want all the differences. I want all the changes. I want all the different religions. I want to know everything. I don't want everything to be the same. No. So great reads, honey. Absolutely phenomenal. And I want to make an official welcome to the show. Now that you've come and read, you are now a part of our family, and I would like to welcome you and ask you to tell everybody how they can find you, get to know you and your work better before you come back here and read again. Well, I'm not that easy to find because I'm not really out there. I uh, am on Facebook, um, and I'm president of the Carter County Poetry Society, um, and that's about the only claim to fame I've got. I've got a couple of lines in the Tupelo Press million-line poem. But you know, it's, is out there, but. it's good for people when they hear someone that inspires them or whose poem they like. You know, nobody says that you have to be on posting poems on Facebook a million poems a day to be a writer or to be a part of the writing community, which obviously you are, you know, to be able to start creating a network of people who who enjoy and inspire each other and you can talk about poetry with or share links on writing with. I mean, those things are very important to feed and nurture that side of us that just basically gets raped by real life every single day. We have to have that creative connection with the, with other people like ourselves. So, you know, it is important that they can find you and network with you. And, you know, you don't have to entertain them. You just have to be you because you're inspiring on your own. We have a wonderful, wonderful, rich uh, writing community in the all around the area here. It, it, Eastern Kentucky is phenomenal for a lot of writing and a lot of poetry. It, it's just marvelous. It would be fun maybe to grab some people in your group and write a collaboration poem about home or something. Um, and then you guys can all come on together and share it on the air. Have you ever heard of the I Am From poem? Uh-uh. Uh, goodness. Uh, uh, George Ella Lyons um, started it, got it going. And, and just go online and look up the I Am From poems okay. and George Ella Lyons. L-Y-O-N-S. They're just amazing. Okay, I've got it pulled up, and I will look at it after the show for sure. 
yeah, people from everywhere have been responding to that, and it's just it's gone. It, it's ignited people around the world. Very cool. Very yeah, very yeah. Cool. All right, yep, I've got yeah. it pulled up, and we're ready to go. Nice. All right, nice so do you want you. to do you want to share your Facebook page with us so people can connect with you if they would like to, or would you rather just County stay Post anonymous for now? I, I, my personal page I'll keep on uh, anonymous, but uh, Carter County Poetry Society. I haven't done a whole lot with it lately, but uh, yeah, uh, I would like to see some things happen with that. So I might. I think that you should do in your area. You should start an I am from poem in your area and choose some poets in your area to write about where you are living now, the area, the town you're in, the area you're in, and everybody writes some. But everybody's poem is going to be different because it's going to be from their perspective. I think you should do a collab like that and then let me know when it's done, and I'll set up a time for you guys to read it on the air. Oh, How's that for homework? That is a big piece of homework. And, yeah, how long will this this be given... um, you Not can get work on it, work on it until you're done. Just let me know when you guys are done. I don't care if it's a year from now. We'll get it on. We'll we'll, yeah, we'll make it happen so you guys can all much, read. How much time allowed on air? <laughs> you're you're kind of cutting out now. I can't hear you real well. Mm-hmm. I wonder so how, much how much time, time would they be allowed on air? On air. Well, the show is three hours. We'll figure out something, even if I have to do a special show just for you guys. <laughs> I'm the boss. It's my show. I'm not only the owner, I'm a member. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I would like to leave you with, with one, final, one final thought, because what you were just talking about in terms of going to the movies uh, made me think about it. There's a song that uh, as done by the Allman Brothers where he's talking about it's hard to live your life in color and tell the truth in black and white. Yes, I love that line. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. I, thought it, I think it's wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of it. I, I love that. Thank you. It was mm. a pleasure meeting you. Thank you, Nyla. And how, you did you, how did you find the show? Are you on my Facebook page by chance? No, I, I put in, um, you know, the speakeasy uh, poetry open mic. <laughs> just came up. Oh, how awesome. So All right, so my, find me on Facebook. Since you're on Facebook, you can use either your your group page or your personal page, either one. And my, you can find me. My name's Nyla, like New York, Los Angeles, N-Y-L-A, Alicia. And I'm the only one on there, so you'll be able to find me and send me a friend's request, and I'll help you work out the details on what you would have to do to to set that up for your group, okay? Okay. Very good. We'll do that. Thank you. You are very welcome, hon. And we'll talk to you soon, okay? Call next week. I will try my best. All right. If Thank I you, hon. Next week it will be after that. Uh, definitely. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome.
That was cool. And that offer, you guys, goes out to any of you who are in writing groups or, you know, have local things that you do. If you want to make that an assignment or something fun for your local, you know, your town or your local area's poetry group, you know, work on something and let me know that you've got something put together and I'll happily, you know, do something to accommodate, you know, maybe do a special show just for you guys that you can have the podcast to, um, you know, let me know. You know, if any of you guys want to do that or you want to come on the air and read a cloud, we can get that set up as well. Soldier Blue. Yes, ma'am. I love you. Thank you so much for covering for me. My car is fine. Uh, you guys, everything's good. But, man, good. you are a trooper. I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, no worries. We've, we've had to do this before, remember? <laughs> I know. I remember. <laughs> there, there, have been, there have been a few times when it, there have been a few times when it was just us and us for, for a couple of Oh, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes, or, or even mm-hmm. longer. So, yep, when there know. were, like, what were they? They were, like, troll attacks or something like that on the Oh, something on there. We had no lines coming in, or, you know, yeah. I couldn't see the board, but I could hear you, so we were good. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, so isn't just, it awesome? It. You know, there, I sure, moved around so much did. in my life, you guys. I got put into foster homes when I was really young. I was in 12 different foster homes. I went to 12 different high schools. I've worked in radio my entire life and been a single mom and moved from town to town to town to town. You know, there's very few places in my life where I can look at somebody and say, do you remember when? Because I've never been anywhere long enough. I don't have those type of people in my life, except for here. You know, I can... You know, I've never met Soldier Blue face to face because he didn't show up, and he was one of my headliners. Yeah, we won't get into that. I'm, I'm. And I had years with the oatmeal <laughs> bought for him, and I had to eat it, and we won't get into that. But you know, how long we've known each other, how much we've been through, and to be able to you know say things like that—that that is such a strange and amazing concept for me, and it's an amazing gift. You have no idea to be able to look at you and say, "Do you remember when Soldier Blue?" Because I don't know that. I've never known that. It's awesome. Cool. Okay. We we know we know that. Yeah. Tell everyone how to find you. We know. We know that. Oh, well, you can find me on uh, Facebook, and it'll be uh, Rafe Wild, at, uh, and then in, down underneath it'll say uh, Soldier Blue in parentheses, and that's where you can find me there. As well, uh, the I have a podcast, and uh, it's it's a, I found that it's much easier if you have the, the three words separated uh, to be able to find the, the podcast a little quicker. And the podcast name is Red Earth One, and just capitalize the R, the E, and the O, and that'll get you there. Perfect. All right, Soldier Blue, appreciate you. Love you, my brother, and we will talk to you next you week. Too, of course. All right, and thank you. Thank you. All right, Miss Anna. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers. We have area code 323-903-216. Then we've got an 807. I do have down at the bottom, I have 7, or excuse me, 407. I see you on there. Hi, hon. And 419. How you doing? So you guys on there, but your your hands are not up. We don't do hands anymore. You have not signaled me that it's okay to unmute your mic by pressing 1, which gives me a little symbol that tells me it's okay used to be a hand. You know, it's like raising your hand. I want to talk. They changed that a long time ago, but I still say it sometimes. Anyway, you're not in the lineup, so area code. Oh, now we just have 407. So 407, hon, if you want to come on, press 1. You'll be good to go. 
407, and if you're just hanging out listening and you decide to come on later, press 1 at that time. All right, let's go ahead and bring on area code 323. 323, you're on the air. Sincere from Los Angeles, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome, sweetie. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for asking. So what is going on with you? What do you have for us tonight? Um, Is it two poems or one poem tonight? You can do two. Okay. So I have two, and the first title is uh, called Can't Believe. Can't believe the world is. Can't wait to see who sees this and wants to set up a Zoom meeting over my ink that flows like Nile River into the rest of the world. I need Ocean City to river brunches, cannibals to human trafficking by submission on submissive authors, white print recorders asking them. Thinking about, okay, what do you want from me? Can't believe this world is. If you eat from the ass of fiends, sister's menstrual birthday accused of cyclone wind chambers 72 gases. Thinking about social media demagogue offering young fetuses in places under damnation. Oh, let's zoom bystanders are filling up their previous SARS. Mars has enclosed Ebola around her swine flu fluoride speech. Don't forget, I need that polo through thyroid vacuum for a prostate production since it's legal to bear analogy as for sale over and off Figaro Street. Lost souls for dice in a mill. Hashtag is Los Angeles. Things, figure all that is smirk. Now back with the service announcement made by Trump allies on the Biocon manifestation of okay, let's talk about and debate one one class undergraduate course of a thirteen step program. Indebted nation, food, forage, gross product index under the antibiotics, the antichrist nine nine nine. Affinity number since math is endless, like the dimension polarized general conductor conductor whiskey boiler. Can't see the boys in all of black. Seven seven shades of different brands. Directory decoy sectors spectrum. For a union of same blood, breed two or four sixes. Can't believe it. Can you read? It's in a dress. It has dragon drag. For the Chinese cities down and around the coast of Kush. Made of synth out of gold crush. Can't believe this world is. I can't believe it. In peace, sincere. <laughs> yeah, you didn't introduce yourself. I'm glad you threw that in there because I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I no, had I your number. <laughs> well, How are you I, doing, I Edward? You my, yeah, I, I, I pre- I'm wonderful. Thank you for having my back. <laughs> you're welcome. What's the other one you're going to read for us, love? 1928. Okay. Draw the line. The birth of my father, Nassau, Bahamas, in the United States of America, Opelika, Miami, Florida, deep south. Your love is lifting me higher during my landing in around the southern shores. Have you seen the draw lines for fed again? You are a nigger boy on going, walking across between white and white lines. Sorry, another real deal. Count. Down, hey boy, this is about drawing the line from occasion to indication. Hope to see you so I can burn you and whip you up after beating you for crossing white and colored fountain drinks. 
But this is 1920. Bring back separable equal land of the brave. Draw the line? How can I draw the line? Come see me. Hip-hop is dead. A version of franchise is the acid rain. Running bass makes the taste water golden. Send Mr. DJ. Can you spin that binder? Draw the line. Mix and X matches B-boy and female MC. Keep the time. T-Love is on the dime. Shout out to my favorite MC. Draw the line. In peace. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. That was incredible. I Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You are so welcome. So, tell everyone how they can give you love, Starlin. You can find me at Google at One Half Court Publishing. I'm also at um, Linktree at Sincere. I'm on. Um, Instagram at One Half Court Publishing, and that's where you can find me. Very cool. All right, you guys, make sure you go over and show him the love he deserves. Mr. Sincere, Edward McKinney. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. You're going to be back next week, hon? Yes, I will. Perfect. All right, we will talk to you then. Fantastic job tonight, babe. Well, thank you so much. You have a, a great week and be safe. <laughs> you too, hon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. We have got some callers on and we're bringing you on. I'm going to try to keep my comments to the minimum so I can make sure that we, you know, don't get distracted again. The lines are still down, so if you're still getting a fast, busy signal, uh, just keep trying. It will let you in eventually. And let's go ahead and grab 216. 216, you are on the air. Mama. Yeah. Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm late. Uh, caught me with my mouth full. <laughs> <laughs> what are you eating? Oh, I have a donut I forgot. <laughs> Yum. What are you eating, Mama? Well, I'm not going to be describing my food while I'm eating the food. But, um, let Jawanda go first. He's, he's, he's with me. I Ubered him in. Oh, awesome. Okay. Okay. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. How you doing, hon? I'm doing well. How are you? Absolutely wonderful. What you have for us? Uh, I'm going to read a piece called She Breathes. She breathes. When she breathes, she breathes deep. Even in her sleep, it seems she breathes through paper. Her words written in the ink spells with the pen of her most distinctive signature. When she breathes, each sentence, same as it ever was. It is wisdom then and now, and it's come again. It is that thing she breathes when she breathes. But she breathes. She breathes letters on the leaves. She breathes like the feathered ones in the trees, so high upon the branches, and then this pagination. First eye situation divided in thirds. A pretty look into the book of the imaginative, a word before the word. She breathed and then became the word she was. The breed of what lives the atmosphere and stratosphere their heights. The compose of those patterns that be the breathe of light of these patterns that 
take their flight, to decompose, achieve, be, believe of life, and to let it breathe of death. When she breathes, she breathes. The matters of the inhale and exhale in her holy inspiration, even in a waking state, she the surmise of rising sun, she to the rise and the maximum of waxing moon. It is assumed she breathes. Good morning, noon, and night. She breathes, she breathes, she breathes. She breathes when the breathes of breathe deep. She breathes, she breathes, she breathes. When she breathes, she breathes. My blues away, the muse of me that plays the see indeed like the fallen leaves of some emerged instrument, some stringed instrument, some winged creature beautifully alighting softly in the delectable effect. Yes, when she breathes, when she breathes, when she breathes, when she breathes. She breathes deep. She breathes, she breathes, she breathes. When she breathes, she like the arrested development of a moment that's set free to be more lonely. Upon my fellow book fantasies and pantalous eye fantasies, the length of her naked brevity. When she breathes, she breathes, she breathes. Into Wow, that was phenomenal. Now, I love the way that you write about her in a way that's far, far beyond explaining the physical. It's like you don't see, you see beyond the physical portion of the person you're writing about. The concept is it's not a targeted person, but you you see them in in everything. You see them in their environment. You see them, it's like you see into them and how they connect with everything and their, the intensity and the tenderness of, of the, the duplicity in that connection. It was very beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's my roommate. He sings very well. Tell him that I thought that was awesome. <laughs> And that he just sang his he just sang to the whole world. Yeah. Because we broadcast yeah, worldwide, yeah. so yeah, let him make sure make yeah. sure he knows that. That that's now yeah, he's gonna I'll, go viral. I'll let him know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking in his sleep actually. Is he really? That's so funny. Yeah, it's really when you were funny. sleeping you, you word bombed my poem, dude. <laughs> word bomb. That's a new one. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like photobombing someone, you know. Right. That's word bomb. That's a good one, Anila. You coined that phrase. <laughs> it's interesting. When I wrote this piece, when mm-hmm. I did the recording, I um actually recorded a, a young lady I was speaking on the phone with, and she fell asleep, and she was breathing, and so I incorporated that into the into the um, recording. Oh, that's so wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. Time out. You have a recording and I don't have it on my studio to play? Why? I thought we were much closer than that by now. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to work on that. 
don't have to work on that. Yeah, yeah. I would love to add any of your tracks you would like to share onto our show's library so we can play them. We always start and end every episode with a track, so it would be cool. Sure, definitely. Definitely. And be able to promote you a little bit. Are you reading two tonight? No, I'm just going to do one. Okay. Well, you did a fantastic job on that. I thought it was very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to read, allowing me to share. Absolutely, my pleasure. Now, do me a favor before you turn us back over to Mama. Would you please tell everybody how they can come find you and and read your work and get to know you better before you come back here and read again? And I'm hoping that you do and that you do share some tracks with us because I would love to help help spread that around for you. Okay. okay. You can reach me on Facebook at Joanza Amenun. And all, most of my, well, all of my poems, not all of them, but most of them, the ones that are recording are uh, under my photos because I put the album cover and the, the track, uh, the track picture with each of the, the, the poems that I do. So they're, uh, they're listed there with the link to where you can listen to the audio uh, at Pantherian Prime at bandcamp.com, and that's where my recordings actually are. Very cool. But you can you can find me on Joanza and just um, just uh, I guess go to my photos and you can see them, or you know if you if you know the title, uh, any one of the titles that you want to look for, I can suggest a few. A word with you, the one I just read, she bleeds. Uh, the Paradox, uh, No One, and Testify. Awesome. All right, we will check those out and make sure you come back and read them for us live, okay? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, and It's been a pleasure. You can give us back to Mama yes. now. All right. Thanks, babe. Oh, okay. Hey, Mama. Yeah, I'll finish my snack. Um, hey, Dyla. Okay, here we go. The first one I'm going to do is, is not really funny, but it's a kind of a comical situation. But I had a friend that had seven children. She was very beautiful, but you never saw the man that gave her the seven children until like, at night. And, and he would just come over and she basically would just turn into a different person. Mm. And like I said, she was very beautiful. She had hair down to her waist, but mm. no one really knew uh, from when she came as far as her nationality because um, she said she was raised in a foster home and she didn't know herself. So whenever anyone asked her what nationality she was, she would always say because of how the census had it worded, do they have black, white, or other? And she would always check other. Mm. So the name of this piece is called Other. Yeah. Okay. Nervous, insecure, loving being, sought with so many things. Poverty was her main soul. She knew no other way to go but straight. Just. Walking straight and narrow. 
nails bitten down to the quick. She had no control over her seven kids, out of place, throwbacks from a movie set, set back in some backwoods, beautiful with hair to her waist, long black ponytail, never styled, a faint touch of coffee in her cream. She may have been whatever she said she was, but she couldn't say her home was black. The only home she'd ever known. I see some Native American in there. I said, she may be. I just don't know, she said. Come on now. You have to have a clue. Tall and slim and beautiful with a slight permanent tan. All these babies from the same man. Praying that I never fall that hard. Harsh and cruel taskmaster, never married her. She worshipped him. She worshipped him. Children under discipline, like they knew when he came home, the bare apartment was exceptionally clean. And when he came over, it was baffling, like her friendliness ceased. She had more of a childlike behavior, and she worshipped him. Children under discipline like they knew, too. When this little short, nondescript little man would appear, uh, Mr. So-and-so, I felt he had John the Conqueror roots using on her. He barely met her shoulder. No certain character or characteristic to speak of. He went inside when he came, quiet, before sundown. And you could hear a rat pee on cotton. Not even sex sound. Next day, she beat on my door real early. Where you from, I asked. He said she was raised in Kentucky. I said, why are you up borrowing this early in the morning when you have a man who gave you seven babies? And why so early in the morning Mr. So-and-so's gone to work and he ain't leave me no money for their milk? I rubbed my unbelievable eyes, trying to stay cool. What are you, I shouted. I don't know, she spoke her usual response. Determined to get to the bottom of this horror story unfolding, I asked, what did you put on your census application? As I found the dollar and gave it to her, I heard, other, other, I said, other what? I checked other on my census and on my application, she said, sadly. I don't know what I am. I am who my real mother and father is, and I don't know who they are or where they are. I really don't even know. I think my real mother did not want me, and I love my foster mother. She raised me, and I could only bring myself to help her, but so much because of Mr. So-and-so. He limits my assistance, but as other needed me, I was there. I lost contact with other. 
However, I hope to see her one day and find out the reason my friend was so obsessed with Mr. So-and-so and why was it absolutely quiet whenever he was there. I have found many friends, lost friends, here on Facebook, but mm, mm, I don't think Facebook can ever help me find other engagement. It's hard not knowing where you're from. You should take a DNA test. You could learn so much by taking a DNA test. Right. Seven babies all by this little dictator. <laughs> yeah. Not very many people can say that in this day and age, can they? If they have seven kids, it's all the same daddy. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. Fantastic read, Mama. Are you going to read too? Did you want to uh, comment? I'll read I'm this sorry. Tawanza. Oh yes, no, that was an awesome poem. It was an awesome poem. I was sitting, hanging on every word. I, I do. You know, I've thought about that when I've gone to apply for jobs and whatnot, and they ask, you know, what you are. And I consider myself to be a universal per- person. I'm a citizen of the world. And so I guess I'm other too. Right. <laughs> I just black my way. But, you know, it's, um, your friend is in an interesting situation not knowing her origins. And I, I agree he, she should get a DNA test. And yeah. get that test. So that, that was years ago. So many yeah. years ago, she, her children are probably all grown up now. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't want to use, you know, his name. Right. Because, you know, I didn't want to, you know, like, come back specifically, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. there's seven children, and some, one of them might find me. A lot of kids are found me on Facebook <laughs> after they grow up. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this this is a piece I wrote last week when I had trouble. I had to go to the doctor. I forgot to take my pill, and I was panicking. Nyla. So it's called, I'm waiting on this pill. I am waiting on this pill. I'm waiting for this pill to lower my blood pressure. I'm waiting for my headache to stop, waiting for the numbers to drop, waiting for the ache to stop. I'm waiting for the food to digest. This pill should work. It's been 30 more minutes or less. It should kick in within seconds. I will be splendid in time. Cannot relax or drink fine wine. I'm waiting on the pharmaceutical benefits to kick in. Did I take this dose too close to the other? We just buried my mother. Life is so frizzy that other pill is keeping me from getting dizzy. I'm waiting for this pill to kick in. I can't remember if I took it or when. Should I take it again? Or should I wait to see if the bottom number is lower? Regurgitate. What does that mean when it comes to the aorta? 
Google will warn you. So I will anticipate as I wait, will I OD or will the pill kick in? Will I die or will my life begin? Because on a pill, I must depend. And that's that piece. Mm-hmm. That's a scary thing, man. Go ahead, Joanda. Okay. Will you say, Nyla? I was talking over Joanda, so I don't tell him to go ahead. Was he talking? Yeah. I was saying I, I would do another piece. Okay, we better finish commenting on my piece. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes don't yes. read yet. <laughs> Nyla's talking about me, damn it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mama, mama says that. <laughs> she lets you know. Yeah. I thought it was an incredible piece, Mama. I I think about, you know, the things that you have to do when when something, you know, the doctor tells you there's something wrong and you have to take this pill now to make sure that's okay, and you know how your health really is dependent upon that, and you know it gets scary, especially when you start to get older. It gets scary because, you know, you and you. They say waste, youth is wasted on the young, and it really is. I, I mean, I would love to sit down and with with a little kid and give him a come-to-Jesus meeting about the world, you know, and, and have, have one of them listen to me. Do you know that if we could take a 14-year-old and tell them the ways of the world and have them listen to us, do you realize how far they'd go in the world if they just did what we told them to do? So true. It's crazy, but I I love the piece just because. I mean, there's so it says so much more than just what it what it perceives to be on the surface. You know, it talks about you know the human condition. It talks about the pharmaceutical companies. It talks about the things that you know. It just it's. I thought it was incredible. Good job. All right. Thank you. Done. Thank you. Now, my good friend, Juwanza, you have another piece you would like to share with us? Sure, sure. This one is called Fluid at 444, and the subtitle is Never Would Have Troubled You. I would never have troubled you, ever, with my 444 a.m. revelries, the bedevilry of me, the revelry of me, if and only if you had not demanded such of me. I shall need you to touch me. I saw needing the touch of you now, but I would have never troubled you ever with my pretty posy set to the sound of synth rhythms and sick beats that make all well when you are here with me lyrically, like some techno funk no slow jazz maestro with you, my minstrel muse, love wet like well-used kisses between us, the flux of murky waters so red with flood of blood, the flow of breath, and blood of love and lust alive. I erect, I electric, I am heavy, I am eclectic, I am light, I am the darkness and the light. I am many and yet not any see me. I minuscule, intermittently even, but no less potent for it. My seed, my love use, my lust use, open, fluid. I would have never troubled you. I never would have troubled you. I never would have troubled you. 
in peace. Mm. Did you say funk, funk, no, techno, funk, no? Yes, techno, funk, no, jazz, maestro. Wow. And I spell, I spell no G-N-O. G-N-O. <laughs> like, like Gnostic. Like a silent G. Yeah, like a silent G. Like Gnostic. All right. Very unique piece. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to read it. Oh, it's absolutely our yeah. pleasure. Yeah, our pleasure. Mm-hmm. Fantastic job, sweetheart. Are you going to uh, come back and share again next week? Yes, I most certainly am. would absolutely love that. Mama, thank you for wiring him in for us. Thank you for your reads tonight. Both of you did a fantastic job. And if you will take turns telling us how we can find you, that would be perfect. Yeah, okay. Uh, again, uh, you can find me on Facebook, Juanza Amanun. That's J A W A N Z A Amanun A M E N N G N. And you can find my work uh, in my photos because the, the photos have the album covers. And I have the poems written out on the page, but you can go and uh, you can uh, click on the link and it'll take you. Bandcamp where my recordings are, and you can listen to them there. Perfect. Okay. Well, I'm here every Thursday for the last 10 years, and um, my name is Mama Oladeji. They call me the All Around Queen, Gangster Granny in the building. Um, you can find me here every Thursday at 8 o'clock, and you can find me on Poetry Soup. You can find me on Facebook under Library of My Poems. And that's, you can Google me as well. <laughs> that's Vicky Aqua, A C Q U A H. Fantastic job, both of you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank You're you. more than welcome. Wouldn't miss you for nothing in the world. <laughs> Love you, Mama. Love you, too, baby. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk to you soon, yes. both of you. Yes. Okay. okay. Our next caller comes from area code 807. 807, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is I, this is your knee-jerk reaction, or am I, am I your knee-jerk reaction? I don't know. And I don't <laughs> even know what that means. It means something. <laughs> All I know is I'm not the jerk, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, I do want to do that as a poem. I'm your knee-jerk reaction. I mean, that could go in that could go in so many different directions. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I came across something here that's uh, it's got an odd title to it, and I don't remember this really well. So I thought I like to visit these poems that I you know that give me a WTF <laughs> sort of a reaction <laughs> for a couple of seconds. <laughs> What the hell is this? What the hell is this thing going? Uh, anyways, uh, and it's it's got a weird title. What I think is a weird title. It's called Stomp. Uh, so here we go with Stomp. I should just, like, stomp my foot. <laughs> As I look upon the ground amidst the swirl of yin and yang, interlocking stones of destiny weaving a granite path for me, 
I feel the energy pool through my body to my feet as the metaphorical stomp comes to the floor. I feel the power rush within me, a chi of universal mandate, the balance of yin and yang bounding within my soul, and I cannot wait a single moment more as I stomp upon all the world's obstacles that lie before me, those imposed on me by the cosmos and those brought to my own de- by my own design. I turn the metaphor to reality as I stomp upon the circle of chi that lays beneath me. And as no one looks, I let out a primal roar, for I have stomped upon that which aggravates and agitates, and the waves of my energy course throughout, waves of pure and absolute will, rewriting my future to my design. I do not remember writing that at all, but I like it. (laughs) So... Uh, I, I have like one. <laughs> Thank you. I have. Uh... Let's see which one do I do? Uh, I'll do Starlight Inside. Diving into the swirling vortex of my heart, I sense the growing starlight inside. As I breathe into the dark and deep, sensing the peace that was hidden so deep inside, it starts to seep, seep, seep. As I slip into a restful sleep, sleep, sleep. I divine the meaning of this starlight so bright and new, imbued with an effortless peace and gentle vigor, stirring with shifts of light never before seen, from incidental infrareds to undulating ultraviolets. I absorb the light effortlessly through my skin as it pools to the center of my forehead, and it bursts so gently but with such power. I know that my posture will never again glower with darkness postured properly with strength and peace and dive in deeply, even more deeply, one more time without a trace of fear so that I may be submerged completely inside of it, the starlight that resides within, swirling in the vortex of my heart as the peace it once again starts to seep, seep, seep as I slip into that peaceful sleep, sleep, sleep. And that is Starlight inside. That's another one I don't I don't remember that one very well either. <laughs> but well, you know me, I have enough poetry that there's some that I easily could have Yeah, it's okay mm-hmm. if some get lost Never. on then, right? <laughs> hey, well yeah, you know. I could have easily ne- written it, you know, a fairly long time ago and, and barely even glanced at it. So There's yep. stuff I'll go through my things and there's things I'll find. It's like, did I write this? And I have to Google mm-hmm. it and see if it comes up, you know. And there, I mean, seriously, there's some there's some stuff I've never done anything mm-hmm. with because I can't remember if I wrote it or not. Well, like, how, why would it be in like my that. stuff? But I don't remember writing it. <laughs> I have one that's photo weird. that's like that, but that's even tougher because you can't really Google the title. Like with a poem, you could Google the title or the name or something, right? Mm-hmm. But with a picture, I mean, you all you can put in is like a vague description. This one's like a. Uh, a tree blazing, or sorry, a, uh, the sun blazing through a tree, and I'm like, oh, that's a pretty kick-ass picture, but I can't remember if that's mine or not. <laughs> and I, I looked at the excess data, and it didn't help at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then you it's can't like, do yeah. anything with it because you don't know. Yeah, exactly. I can't publish this fantastic photo magazine because I might be copyright-stricken, even though I didn't do anything intentionally. <laughs> it's funny, I have a really good friend I used to write with and I came across uh, a piece that 
was a collab, and I couldn't remember if I had written that part or if he'd written that part. And so I emailed him, and I, you know, I said, "Hey, Jared, did I write this or did you?" And he said, "Obviously, you did. It's misspelled." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. It's like, oh, okay. Then I know that one for sure is mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too funny. Hmm. All right, darling. Uh, I can be found at uh, Facebook under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry, and you'll see all the different links for me there. And uh, hopefully in about a month or a month and a half, I'll have my Canon T6, and you'll probably be seeing some pictures from me. So I was reading up on it, and I saw it has like an HDR mode and some other cool stuff. So it's nice to be... It's going to be nice to finally uh, upgrade from my Canon Rebel XT because, I mean, it's a wonderful camera and all that, but, well, you know, it's ancient. <laughs> so. It's ancient. <laughs> it's not that – you haven't had it that long. I don't think I would consider it ancient yet. They're, you're not going to find it mm-hmm. under vintage on Facebook or on eBay. No, no, no. But, I mean, in terms of technology, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a little, uh, it's a little on the old side, but – yeah. I don't know how I feel about that because I still use a 35 millimeters film camera half the time. Well, that's the thing I do too. I have 35 millimeter cameras. I've been using my dad's film, but uh, but there are some things with a Canon SLR that I'd really like to do that that's more up to date. So. <laughs> I gotcha. All it's right, a Robbie. Mix and match. <laughs> Great job tonight, sweetheart. Thank you. <laughs> You are very welcome. We will talk to you next week. Yeah, I'll probably have, I'll maybe have a knee-jerk poem for you. <laughs> I promise right, you it won't sweetie. be erotic. That'll be like just, that'll be just like, no, I don't want to hear that poem. I don't want to be <laughs> hear a poem, an erotic poem about a knee-jerk reaction. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. All right, sweetheart, appreciate you. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you next week. Yep. Bye bye. All right. So, our next caller comes from area code. Come on board. Be nice to me. We have 419. 419, you are on the air. How you doing, Nyla? It's Rebel Jones. Hey, Rebel. How are you, sweetheart? It's been a bit. Good. Yeah, it has. I've got a busy life. I'm not You're always allowed to do that. time to do this. You have to live that life. You have to have that input in order to have output. So I would much yeah, rather you yeah. be out there that's out there making messy in the world than just sitting around. Oh, that's right. Gives me more to write about, huh? Exactly. Exactly. And on that note, the the first piece I'm spitting tonight is dedicated to my wife, which I call my dancing gypsy. Um, so the title of this the title of this piece is Wild Moon da- Dancing Gypsy. Her beauty glows best when surrounded in darkness. So how I love the magic of her nightly presence. The whispering flutter of bat wings above me sings songs of peaceful calmness in my head and my ears. The shadowy characters the tree limbs make beneath the moonlight are my voiceless friends of the night. As I stood nude and barefoot upon Gaia's inviting surface, 
arms stretched against the blackness of the eve. A cool, invisible breeze embraced my outstretched fingers as I embraced the closing fist of the unseeable hand of what entity stood with the next to me. The tall grass I stood upon tickled my bare feet as I stood listening to the language of life that most don't take time to hear and see. And that's that piece. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me let me go ahead. I'm sorry. That reminded me of my wife, so let me ask you a question. Yes. Have you heard them talking about taking you that the word gypsy is now derogatory and we're not supposed to use it anymore? Really? Have you heard that yet? No. no, Well, I mean, it's more or less like a nickname for her. She's, she's, um, her background is Hungarian, and her her ancestors were like gypsies and. Exactly, I've got Romanian blood in me, and I love the word gypsy. And I get so mad when people have they have to find something to pick on. They have to have something to bitch about. They have to have a cause. And by God, if they take the word gypsy away from me, I am going to be so angry. It's such a beautiful (laughs) word. So it's such a beautiful word. Like I remember, Mm -hmm. even as a kid, like um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and reading the book, and they talk about the gypsy lady that that he was attracted to. And just the word gypsy always did something to my imagination. Like, I always romanticized mm-hmm. it. I always loved the word. Wild girl with fire in her eyes and a tambourine. Yeah, just something and magical about her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, and yeah, all of it, all of it. Which is kind of a, so kind of a Hollywood a, perception of the word, but not really. You know, cliches are yeah. always embedded in truth. It's true. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to flip it on you now because I've been in a state lately mentally and um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what headspace I was when I decided to write this, but it's called Divine Madness. I've been dreaming of you. I've been thinking of you, yet I know not why you see I know nothing about you, you with no face, just a figure, better yet, a silhouette. You have no voice that speaks to me, but your presence is ever so comforting. Why are you here? Are you real, or is it just me? Are you in my head? Why do you always seem to appear at the most strangest of times in my life when I am weak? When I am most frozen in an ever-moving time, or when I am most Staggered and rooted in place, going nowhere fast and feeling so alone. Alone, you say? Yes, alone. Even when I'm constantly surrounded by the most loving of people, I fall into seclusion in a morbidly beautiful misery where you, my faceless friend, and I, your loyal pen wielder, create picturesque poetry. It's like you implant story to thought, and for you, I write what you've taught. What finalizes our product is where our descriptively haunted creations send readers and listeners to other places and allow them to experience unbelievable, fantastical, deep pain, riddled darkness and chaos. Mixed with hidden wisdom and the beauty of what your spirit can show you if you delve deep and dark enough into the divine madness of oneself. 
and that's that piece. And that was phenomenal. Thank you. You are very, very, very welcome. Absolutely incredible. I am glad you enjoyed that. Thank you. I wasn't sure what that was going to sound like. It's the first time I've read, read it, so... Mm, I, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have known that by you. I mean, you just you just that was flawless, absolutely flawless. Oh, uh, thank you. It was kind of a conversation I had with myself before I read it, or before I wrote it. So, <laughs> those are the best ones, right? We can't hide behind it the is, conversation when we're talking to ourselves. We know all our damn secrets. <laughs> it is absolutely madness, though it really is. And when you can pen it, it's divine madness. It really is. Mhm. Well, fantastic job, Mr. Rebel Jones. Appreciate you being here Thank tonight. You. And I would Thank love you. to have you tell everyone how they can find you, honey. Um, you can find me on Facebook as R Madman Jones, or you can find me on YouTube at um, Poetry by Rebel Jones Madman Productions. And that's where Cla- our friend Clarence C Double Thirty Four Music takes my work and puts amazing tracks behind it. Very cool. All right, sweetie. I'm going to put you back on hold, and you can listen in. I am having issues with the lines, so if I need to, Thank I may you. bring you back on to read another one, if that's yes, okay. Yes, ma'am. All Absolutely. Right. All right, so I have one ready just in case. I already do. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go ahead and bring on little Gary, area code 903. I was so excited to see him in the chat room tonight. Are you there, sweetie? Yes, ma'am. That is so awesome. You knew who I was. Yes, ma'am. I'm here. How are you tonight? Of course I know who you are. You're notorious. Get out of town, Jack. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) That's so cool. How you doing, honey? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Glad to be able to have a chance to be a part of the show. I'm glad you were able to get in on the lines. So what's been going on with you? Oh, man, I've been chilling and working, you know, to... Of course, COVID is getting crazy again. I work at a hospital, so now we got to wear those big, thicker masks. And as a man with a unfortunately big nose on my face, I can't freaking breathe, man. I walk around looking like I'm pitching a tent on my face. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> I cannot believe how this whole COVID mask thing is separating. It's, oh my it's goodness! Working to I know. Separate us. I mean, it's. I don't. I don't want to get started because you can't really take sides yeah. because I see both sides of it. I hate wearing a mask. I do too. But I wear a mask even though I've been vaccinated, which I've been know, vaccinated I have my myself own reasons and... for getting vaccinated, and that's my own personal choice, and that's cool. But I still yeah. wear a mask because just because I'm vaccinated, I can still kill you. And I may yeah, have yeah. personal rights, but I don't have the right to commit murder. So if I right. knowingly walk around sucking in virus germs and breathe on you, that's telling you I have no respect for your human life, that my rights more important than your grandchildren to know you, your future grandchildren to know who their grandpa was. I don't have that right to murder you. That's, that's bad. So lady. I'll that's wear a awesome. mask. You know, even though I hate it, I still wear it. I'm not going to murder you. I'm not going to be the reason your children's children don't know you. Right. I don't have that right. I don't have that right. I have the right to refuse uh refuse a I have the right to refuse the vaccine. And then if I die the yeah. only one I'm hurting is myself. But protecting other people, that's not negotiable. 
committing right. murder or not committing murder is not a right. And if you can yes, infect ma'am. someone with something that's going to kill them and knowingly do so, that to me is murder. All right, yes, I'm done. Ma'am. Now y'all can yell at me because <laughs> you think I'm wrong. Uh, no, that's what I Oh, think. no, ma'am. Each to their own. Absolutely. You're, well, anything you think doesn't affect my life in any way, so yes, ma'am, I respect it. Anyway, I work at the hospital, and they tell us we got to take it. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm same way. I don't want to hurt nobody unless they're trying to hurt me. But we just, I just made 26 years at state hospital, and uh, they had a employee appreciation and a bunch of people because they're building like some billion something dollar here in Rust, Texas, a new state hospital they've been building for us. And uh, so a bunch of people from Austin was up. And they did have some staff come on that singed, and uh, they wanted me to do some of my stand-up comedy and read some of my rhymes. And one of my, I think my best poem I've ever wrote, I read, and it brought down the house. And that's what I wanted to bring tonight. It's a, uh, uh, it's not real long, but it's a little longer, and I figured it'd be worth both of my poems for tonight. And I think you'll be, uh, you'll definitely enjoy it. It's really good. Well, I cannot wait. Go ahead. I even seen on the video those fancy people from Austin was taking pictures of me up on the stage. I said, boy, I'll be down. They're taking me down there to Austin, probably hanging me on the wall. It's that guy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I hope you all enjoy it. it it's uh, six chapters, but there's only like four paragraphs a piece. So, but it just works better if I say in chapter one, so on and so forth. So here we go. This is called Life, Please by Little Gary. Part one. When you're a baby, you do what you please. You can crap on yourself. While you're chewing on plastic keys, everywhere you go, you have to walk on your knees, and you're cute as hell, and everyone totally agrees. You never seem to notice any absentees, while everyone makes sure that you stay in a tropical degree. Your favorite thing to do is watch the same cartoons on your scratch DVDs, and every word you say sounds like a language from somewhere overseas. There's always someone that picks up all your toys and childish debris. All you got to do is look cute and smile to pay all of your fees. No one, and I mean no one, will ever make you eat yucky green peas. And you will throw a damn fit right then and there if you see something that you cannot see. As the years go by, you start to take a bath by yourself with more toys than there are ships in the sea. When you play outside, you're always getting in trouble for trying to climb all of the trees. Your body's so limber that you can do it with ease. You catch a cold, and it's your first taste of an illness, virus, or disease. And you learn from your mama that if you need something bad enough, it's okay to ask for it just as long as you always say thank you and please. Part two. On the first day of school, you start crying and say, Mama, please, don't make me go. Mama, please, Mama, please. And you miss the bus after you hid your mom's keys. She finally finds them, and you get a spanking because it's the first day of school, and you already got dirt on your knees with no help from Dad as he's leaving for work because whatever Mom says, he always agrees. Mom drives fast because she'll be damned if you're going to be one of the first day of school absentees. So she cuts every corner with precision using angles of 30 and 45 degrees, just like one of the cartoons that you watch on those scratch DVDs. So now you're smiling, scared in class, and every word the teacher is saying sounds like a language from somewhere overseas. When you get home, you throw your papers down, and Mom makes you pick them up because it's time to learn how to clean up all of your childish debris. Or your mom's going to spank you because that's how much it costs for her cleanup fees. But no matter what, no one will ever make you eat yucky green peas. 
until the day Dad said, if you don't eat them, you have lots of fun toys that he's going to see. As the years go by, you stop watching cartoons and turn to Johnny Depp and want to be a pirate sailing out on the open seas. With your homemade eye patch and several swords that you made from branches off trees. And now every evening you're killing pirates all around the yard. And you do it with ease. If there's anyone left alive, you hope they die from a scurvy disease. The only <laughs> thing that slows you down is mom yelling it's time to come in. And you're always yelling back just a little longer, mama, please, mama, please. Three. One day you're sitting in class and a girl taps you on your shoulder and says, can I borrow your eraser, please? She says that her test is a misprint, and she knows how to use an eraser like keys. And this is the first time that a girl's beautiful smile made you feel weak in your knees. So you decide to write her a love note saying, I think you should be my girlfriend, Tick, yes or no, and you wait patiently, hoping that she totally agrees. She said yes, so there'll be no more school absentees. Learning is fun now, so you know how to count, read a map, and you've learned that holding a girl's hand on the playground makes your body temperature rise by several degrees. On your first date is when you find out that going to the movies with a girl is better than all the world's DVDs. That is, if it, as if you had paid attention because sitting next to her, the film could have been a language from somewhere overseas. One year, a bad storm rolled through your town, and since you got your driver's license now and your truck, you rushed to help her family with all their rain-soaked debris. Love's not free, and... Being there for someone is how you pay all of its fees. A few days later, you help her with a food drive by giving cans of corn, carrots, and those damn yucky green peas, hoping that one day her heart is something that you will be able to seize. The first time that you tell her you love her, you were drunk on some beach by one of the seas. She said she loves you too, so now you're carving y'all's initials with a heart around them in all of the trees. With her by your side, you just smile and you do it with ease. The first time you catch her cold, you say together is how that you will fight every illness, virus, and every damn disease. Just don't ever leave me, girl, please. Four. Now that you're 21, you're out with your girl dancing. While looking into her beautiful eyes, you realize that she's the only girl that you ever want to please. So you reach in your pocket and you pull out your keys. Damn, wrong pocket. So you reach into the other one and you pull out a ring as you get down on your knees and say, baby, I love you. I think you should be my wife. And her tears say that she totally agrees. On your, on your wedding day, you stand hungover waiting at the altar, hoping someone is getting the food ready because it doesn't look like there's any absentees. Damn, is the heat on in here because it feels like it's a million degrees. You got your mom and dad recording it because it will forever be your two favorite DVDs. Soon as y'all get back from your honeymoon cruise that's traveling across at least a two of the Earth's seas. Nine months later, you become a dad and a mom to a healthy, beautiful girl, and you can't wait to start cleaning up all of her debris. And she gives you the cutest smile that you've ever seen, as if to say, Daddy, I love you. So here's a little something to help pay for my fees. But I will throw a fit if you think you or mom's going to try to make me eat those yucky green peas. And at that age, she really doesn't have anything that's worth you trying to seize. Her favorite thing to do is listen to you tell stories about pirates that sailed on the open seas while laying together under the cool shade of y'all's backyard trees. You're not a storyteller, but she pays so much attention that you can do it with ease. Hell, the only thing that scares you now is if one of the two people that you can't live without was to catch some kind of disease. 
So every prayer and every star that you wish upon, you always say, Lord, watch over both of my babies, please. Five. One day your teenage daughter sticks out her hand and says, please, Daddy, please. So you reach in your pocket and you pull out your keys. As she pulls out of the yard, you drop down on both of your knees, hoping that God is listening and totally agrees. Y'all both know that she's a good girl, though, because she ain't never made an F or even had a school absentee. Hell, she shines so bright that every room she walks in, the temperature rises by several degrees. And you have all the evidence of it on several of your home DVDs that you play over and over just to make sure that everyone totally sees. As she gets older, you start missing cleaning up her childish debris and start to worry about paying for her college fees. I guess the only thing you'll be able to afford to eat is those damn yucky green peas. So if you can't, if you catch anything on sale, it's something that you're going to seize. When she heads off to college, it feels like she's far enough to be across all seven seas. You thought as you laid in the shade reading the mail under y'all's backyard trees, not knowing that this is the last time that you ever felt at ease because your wife's lab results came back and y'all are still fighting this fatal disease. Making you cry out to anybody that's listening, come on, life, please. Last part, part six. Now that y'all's baby girl is grown, you're both retired, and you can do what you please. But unfortunately, this girl that you fell in love with so many years ago is starting to lose more than her keys. And every day, you're right by her side at the hospital room, down on both of your knees, hoping that this new medication and her fragile body totally agrees. And you feel, all you feel now is fear because you're, as you get older, you start to notice all of the absentees. And is it hot in here? Is every damn room's temperature set at like a million degrees? You think as you lay beside her in the hospital bed watching y'all's home movies that have become your favorite DVDs, hoping she'll remember who you are after she really sees. Your daughter comes home from college to help with the house because mom just moved to the hospice. So the house is full of debris. And with all of your efforts to save her, you're broke because of all of her hospital fees. Hell, you can't even get you a can of those damn yucky green peas. And the bank has taken everything that it could possibly see. A few days later, the love of your life has passed, and you've cried enough salty tears to give Mars back its seas. You find yourself looking for every carving that that y'all said I love you, surrounded by a heart on the side of the tree. And you remember how she smiled while her man did it with ease. Now, with no one around, you sit down because there's something that you didn't tell anyone is also that you have a fatal disease. So as you close your eyes and draw your last breath, you say, God, watch over our daughter because I'm ready to be reunited with my wife in heaven. Thank you, and please, end point. Wow. Everything's first full circle, first full circle. I really love the way that you your story tells that, but you also use the same anchor words throughout the entire thing, always bringing us back to that same image, that same thing. That was really cool. Thank you so much. That's the way I thought of the circle of life, and I used the last word in every sentence, the same throughout, to tell this guy's life story. And uh, I, I, when I wrote it, I felt so stupid. I was crying. And I'm like, dang, Gary, you know, you're crying. It's sad. Over I almost got tears in my eyes. It was kind of like what listening to The Notebook, you know, that movie, The Notebook, which I've never seen, but I know the concept of. 
Yes, ma'am. Yeah, well, you don't have to watch it now. Now you've heard Life Please by Lily Gary. <laughs> okay, good. Yay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Are you going to read a second one? I would love to. I would love to. That I would love to. I've been dying to read that one to somebody because it's so 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 epic to me. Every I read it. I read. You know. I don't know how ever people other people do, but shoot, I read my stuff so much. I, like I stalk it myself. <laughs> <laughs> but oh yes, ma'am, and it won't be no near as long as that or anything. But yes, ma'am, I have a, a great one I could read for you. Absolutely, uh, it's pretty good. I think. Uh, here it go. It's called Thorns and Roses. <laughs> Every rose has a thorn, and everybody around me is so distant that you'd think they were foreign. Hell, my past is so bad, I can't even look at a Delorean. And August the 17th is going to make 45 years of this mess since the day I was born. Every day it's always the same old damn thing. Me getting up and going to work without any chance of having pride, getting fortune, or finding some fame. Just so I can be surrounded by haters that act like they're so glad that I came. So I put on a smile to act cool so they won't notice the shame. You know the reason that I'm tall? It's so I can hit the ground harder every damn time that I fall, making me scared to stand up so I mostly just crawl. Hell, maybe that's the reason I never get anywhere at freaking all. I wish I was smart enough to really write how I feel, using words so good that they act like a pill. Maybe then my poetry will stay in motion instead of just standing still. But I'm just a little too dumb, and it's making my words just a little too real. So now it's all aboard the crazy train with me and the Osbournes. Choo-choo is what you'll be hearing coming out of our horns, riding off into the sunset looking for happiness, money, and flying down unicorns. You know, the kind of place that people don't lie, and love is free, and the roses ain't even got any thorns. End point. You know, I don't know if I've told you this before, but you would be really, really good, I think, at writing songs, at writing song lyrics. You have, and and part of it is your accent, but you have a way that a lot of songwriters use where they'll use a near rhyme or a sound rhyme or a stress syllable rhyme to bring something in. But you're using all three, like one of them, the word thing and the word fame. When I say those, they don't rhyme, do they? Thing and fame. No, ma'am. When you do, they do. Because you're using the stress syllable and you're using the near sound rhyme, the I and thing and the E in fame. And you yes, use the near sound rhyme. And when you read that line, it rhymes perfectly. It's awesome. Yes, it's awesome to listen to. And they do that a lot when people write lyrics because you don't have yes, to be as literal on diction when you're mm-hmm. doing a song, when you're singing. You're able to play yeah. with that. And so it was real cool for me to listen to you do that throughout that piece. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am, I hear that a lot. I wish I could sing. Uh, I can't, and I can't put a beat to myself. That's why I just, when I started writing, I, I don't I don't feel like I write poetry and I don't write music. I call them poems. I put music and poem to one word and i call them poemsics and uh because it's not poetry it's not music but when you read them there's a beat in your head so it's uh, like music that you can only play for yourself in your head as you read them and and that's what i do i feel like i am singing when i read them i love to read them in front of people everybody around me's heard them a million times and uh i wish i could just do a show where i'm just reading these rhymes because uh 
I've got hundreds of them, and they're all just about <laughs> like what you've heard. <laughs> you you can you have fun with them, and it really shows. Appreciate you so much. Like I said, I was so tickled when I saw you in the chat room tonight. I'm glad you called in. I'm glad you're here. I know life keeps you busy, but just know that whenever you're able to make it here, it's a treat. Thank you, little Gary. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for making time for me. <laughs> no problem. Tell everyone how to find you, hon. Okay, you can find me down here in East Texas. I live on Dirt Road. No, uh, it uh, uh, it's uh, if you want to read any of my poetry, it's uh, all poetry. It's Little Gary '76 because I was born in '76. I'm a Leo. I'm supposed to be 45 years young here, 17th of August. And it's Little Gary '76. All poetry, but I have a YouTube page where you can see me read a lot of them, and I do uh, stand-up comedy when I'm not an electrician for hospital uh, <laughs> down there. And my YouTube page is Little Gary's Big Funny. Uh, I was born with a big funny, <laughs> so that's what I call it. And uh, you can do that on YouTube, and uh, and it's just all kind of crazy mess. I got TikTok, got a video on TikTok that's almost hitting 100,000 views. I'd be glad when it does, but I'm sure if you just Google Little Gary, that all kind of mess will pop up. But I spell it L-I-L, Gary, because my great-grandmother that raised me, that's how she spelled my name. She couldn't drive a car and didn't spell good, but... So I guess to her, L-I-L was little, So and I'm a junior, so it's Little Gary to who everybody calls me. So it's L-I-L Gary. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, All right, ma'am. sweetheart. We will talk to you next week. Thank you tonight so much for being with us. Yes, ma'am. Y'all be safe out there. You too, honey. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All right, so next we are going to grab Noreen at 863, and then I'm going to come up and grab – Rebel to help me close out the show. Let's go ahead and grab Noreen. I'm trying to give her enough advance notice that she can hear that I'm going to answer her. So 863, you're on the air. Oh, I didn't talk long enough. She's still listening to us. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. la. All right, so what I'm going to do, Noreen, you're going to be next. I'm going to take Rebel, and then I'm going to grab you. Or no, because she'll sit there and say, oh, 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 and think she's on, and then I'll feel bad. She'll be here in a second, guys. Honest. She'll go, oh, 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 oh. Oh. Okay. Um, hello, Nyla. Hi, Noreen. How are you, sweetheart? Okay, I'm doing okay. <laughs> I tried to give you a heads up. I guess I didn't give you enough of a heads up. Um, you, you did, but I actually didn't. I couldn't run fast enough to, to, <laughs> over there to the computer. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll know. I'll try to give. I'll try to give you a longer one next time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Okay. So, what do you okay. have for us tonight, honey? Uh, okay. Um, for for Gary, I have dead or alive. Is there realization when you're dead? Is there a discerning moment when you think you're going to be dead or when you believe you're going to be dead? At this moment, will you realize and know what you will not give up and you will fight for until your death? The end. Okay. And I'm... And um, and for me, I have um, okay um, um just just okay, just a second um, okay um, um, 
Okay. Okay. And for and for me, I have um, nature's silent cry. Okay. Okay. Um, the old oak trees softly swayed their branches, as if to say, "What are you doing to us in our forest, our homes? Why are you destroying us with your carelessness? Before you know it, we." The trees will vanish slowly until we all are gone. Take care of us now, then we'll take care of you. Heed to our ply, we cry. The grass and the flowers are gently blowing with the wind, as if to say, why are you dumping your trash on us? Why are you throwing your cigarette butts at your car window and setting us on fire? We, the grass, used to be beautiful and clean to sit on and to romp around on. We, the flowers, used to be a beautiful sight to see, but now we're trampled on. Please stop littering on us, we beg of you. Let us be beautiful again. Heed to our plea, we cry. The lakes are rippling gently, as if to say, what have you done to us? We used to be so clear and so clean that you could see our bottom. No more now, since you polluted us with your chemicals and your trash. Please stop polluting us before our aquatic life is completely dead. Heed to our plea, we cry. The end. I absolutely loved it. Well, thank you. And Gary's as well. Are you going to read a second one for you, Noreen? Okay. Okay. Um. Um, here's one called Tomorrow. According to society, I'm a nobody. I have no place to lay my head at night. I only have these clothes that are on my back. Don't know when or what my next meal will be. People look at me and shame and turn their heads away when they see me walking down the street. No one wanted to give me a chance in life. Sometimes I want to end it all. But something deep inside of me won't let me. There is still a flicker of hope in me. That is why I still cling to life. Tomorrow might be brighter, and just maybe tomorrow, someone will come to my rescue to give that me that chance in life. Maybe tomorrow? Smile. Hold on, because tomorrow may bring hope. The end. That was beautiful. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome, Noreen. Do okay. me a favor and tell everyone how yes. to show you and Gary some love and where we can find your books. Okay. You can find um, our books on Amazon.com. Our books are um, Two Hearts in One, um, The Art of Truth, Reflections of Our Inner Beings, and, um, now and, and Now and Forever, Our Love and Other Love Poems. Okay. And you can find them all on, um, on Amazon. And then, um, okay, um, and then, then you can find um, uh, our, uh, us, our official site at um, Gary and Noreen Snyder um, dot with dot com um, front front slash um, poetry. Okay. Um, okay, and then um, 
then you can find Gary on um okay um you can um on leadernation.com and um facebook.com and um on poetrypoem.com and he's also googleable and googleable <laughs> <laughs> yes ma'am he okay. is yes okay and then you can find me on um um uh reverbnation.com facebook.com and poetrypoem.com and you can find us um um both of us on um under Gary and Noreen on um Kofi K O hyphen F I dot com. We have a shop on there. I have um greeting cards on there. Right now I only have three but I am working on to get put more up there. I'm putting I got um, a whole bunch of um ideas already to put up there and then um then uh then I have all our books up there. Even the first book that is um is no longer um in print I still got about 60 of them here, and and you can buy them on Ko-Fi. And when you buy them on Ko-Fi, um, I will be sending them, not Ko-Fi. It'll, I will be sending it directly to you, anybody who orders anything. You know, and, and that's how come it'll be um, a signed copy, because I will sign it. So, and, then, um, and then I also have um, magnets, refrigerator magnets up there. You can do your photo. And then I have ones on the Poetry Club. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Okay. And and then I have commissions on there. Then I have membership tiers from three dollars to twenty five dollars. Um, I think it's either I think that's five tiers up there. Okay. And then um, okay. Then you also can find us at the Poetry Club, and I and I do the um, Facebook Live every Saturday. And as long as we have the internet Saturday, because um, there's a um, hurricane, not a hurricane, a tropical depression, um, Fred, I don't know what it's going to do, but it's supposed to be coming in Saturday in Florida. So I don't know if it's going to affect us or not, but um, but I'm going to do it. I'm still planning on doing it. But if we but we have no electric or, or our, our internet service go out, I apologize to anybody, but I will have it as... I'm going to do my best. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much. Love you guys, and we will talk to you next week. Be safe out there, okay? Okay, I will. And and then um, then we love you, too. And thank you for having us. It's an honor to be on here. We love you so much, Noreen. Thank you guys so much. Okay, you're welcome. (laughs) Bye-bye, hon. Or we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, talk right. to you next week. Okay. 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 All right. Let's go ahead and grab Rebel real quick and let him read another piece so he can close out the show with me. Are you there, Reb, sweetheart? I am. Yes. Thank Reb. you. Reb. Listen to me being all familiar. Hi, Reb. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm writing a book that I've been writing for six years. That is and awesome. This is a poem in my prologue to introduce the story. It's called My Muse. It's a very personal relationship with the muse that influenced my story. She came to me and scraped her words across my mind, this muse of mine. Oh, how I love her so. I love her darkness. I love her mystery. I do indeed love her soul. I love her whole, but she's 
unnaturally beautiful, a toxic beauty of the most deceitful kind. You can never see the light that once existed within her until she invites you deep inside as deception and betrayal let her down a devil's path. Now her soul is gone, though I think and feel ever so strongly there is new fire, a new burning light, the birth of a new fire inside of her, and she shall show her light shine and darkness bleed through the pen and ink that has been blessed for me, and I'm thinking about eternity, some kind of ecstasy got a hold on me, her gaze and touch, her kiss breeds lust that puts a spell on me. And this is the way I feel I've been seduced by a storm, and now my heart beats like a drum. Where has this magic come from? Where has her history, her truth been buried? Oh, goddess of the blackest moon, come pierce your hidden truth in me as I write your voice for the whole wide world to hear and read. My soul connects with your soul through this poetry, and may your light and dark, your painful voice, Garnish your very dark beauty across a broken in this world as your army rises amongst the coming storm never before seen by man. Dear lady of the night, oh, how I weep for you. Lost amongst the cold and hateful world, this pen I hold is the sharpest sword, the fierce enough to pierce the thickest armors and thickest skulls as you would plant your words in history into my corrupted mind, filled with void and pain. And for this, I forever thank you, my very special muse. That's that piece. Now, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, whew. issues with the boards. I'm so sorry. Okay. So, anyway, three. what I said, I was talking and you weren't answering me. I thought, oh, my gosh, did I say something wrong? Three great pieces <laughs> from you tonight, Rebel. Appreciate you so much hanging out and helping Thank me close you. out the show. Before we do, please tell everyone once again how to find you. Um, you can find me on Facebook as R Madman Jones, but if you really want to hear me and, and find me, please help me grow my little YouTube channel up. Poetry by Rebel Jones, Madman Productions. Perfect. All right, you guys, go over and show him some love, and we will talk to you next weekend. If my family allows it and my crazy life, yes, and thank you for waking <laughs> up today. Thank you for spending part of your wake-up day with us. Yes, indeed. My All honor. right, hon. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. All right, everyone. You've been listening to Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I appreciate everyone being here tonight. I am going to close the show with a piece by... Dun, 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 I lost my board and now I'm singing so you can not tell that I'm having to stall then find a poem really fast. Okay, we are going to play <laughs> um, A Warm My Body. This is Paxton Smith. Val Victorian goes, oh, no, we can't play that one. That one was a different one. That was for a special show. See, I was just trying to grab something really fast. All right, we are going to do Adam Faulkner headline and sinker. Here we go. Good night, everybody. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Headline and sinker.
The words of a service driver pitchfork heavy like pig slop over his shoulder. Bus full of white folks set one smudge fall hush. It's like fourth quarter foul stripe, the barrel of a military discharge shoved down a young boy's throat for holding ground in a front seat proud past gag point to find. The headline. Dodgers win, Jackie breaks the color line. Dodgers win, Jackie breaks the alligator nose of black America cracking the surface cleats up. Something serious, a whitewashed pastime was to be smudged the color of the southern fruit, but it was 1947, ready to be cleaned. Coming hard off another new deal with suburbia birth and mama boom bargained it cause buying TVs, buying cars, comfortable. Southern white shrub like, change don't come, cut the hang rope, but keep them hounds hungry. While the free states suck on their thumbs, dumb happen to finally be bandaged in that gunshot. Scared that a domino rally of brothers would show up uninvited to the neon of our living rooms, pregnant for the rebirth of the nation. So every morning coffee journal jamming Toast Tribune and Weekly, tailored up an image to be doorstep edible. A one in a million obedient patient kid that could take it and say, please, Jackie, ask for more Jackie. And we were happy with that cookie cut clean, cut safe, cut, 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 suburbia birth with mama boom bargain diggers, buying TVs, buying cars, with the stench of quota stuck on our and we bit its head, line, and sinker. We bubbled up naked and bloody, a newborn baptized in bleach of spat, bathwash. We painted him ours, like nothing before him but rags and ignorance. Ours, like culture napping, jazz out of Harlem, a rap out the hood when it outgrew the pot-bound fad of fedoras. Ours, like three-fifths American and two-fifths black, an image too clean to be muddied like that, like bus laws, pissed on chin-up past gag point defiant. Ours. As though turning our heads was a choice. As though fleet-footed sprints down the base path could buff clean an uppity fuck you cold cheek champion that picketed picket fences in the darkness. But the truth is, we celebrate the nature of these triumphs exotic to keep the color brown too dark to blend. Snap these stories at the root like ginger to chop and sell in textbooks, palms too sweaty to rub the truth out the history lamp. Cause we don't like what we can't own. Only that emerge what progress we've learned to skin, strip, and mount above the fireplace as miracle. Rosa Parks' feet weren't tied. She'd been planning for that shit since she was twelve. But when the smell of other colors paint the air too thick, we panic, get to plucking, like rumors from the grapevine to turn a neck or two to make an overripe name pluck ready. Head, line, and sinker, we've sunk line heavy, but someone can swim. Someone's treading water. Somebody's holding the stolen pens of history, swifting in the dark. The lies they want their kids to learn. The lies they need their kids to learn. Like white folks found in America, instead of stealing the gavel to play, judged between borders. Like affirmative actions, a has been crutch. But ball game's tied. Look at the Cosby's. Let it go. Ground zero reeks of terrorism. But whip welts chained, raped, infested human cargo, stolen and pawned off to prop blood money. What we call that colonization. Like the only real account of what was is what's cooked and bagged to slang in our schools to my kids like history will ever be free from the convenient amnesia of its authors like a